When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody this is john here um so every single episode i think i've started by saying it's been a while but this time it's really been a while like how how long did we manage to go without recording like six weeks or something yeah it's been almost two months to the day yeah it's crazy we've all just been busy i guess um, that and we we did agree we wanted to wait until after king of gate finished up and that's not been and, very long so yeah king of gate took forever um, so, anyway, the, the entire crew is here. We have Case, we have Dylan, we have Jules. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Um, so what have you guys been up to? It's been so long. Case, you've been like a big movie star or something, right? I I get people coffee and move heavy equipment on a movie set right now. Um, a big movie star. Yeah, what can I say? I've been working 12 to 14 hour days. And that resulted with me 
sleeping through alarms and showing up late to this podcast. <laughs> we were supposed to start about 45 minutes ago, and I just now got on Skype. So it's taking its toll, but, you know, I'm here now. Della, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm actually getting ready to update my resume because I'm getting ready to quit my job. Awesome. Because it's terrible. And there's a store closer to my house that's offering better pay. And I'm like, no more. So we have two people and two people complain about their jobs. See, people, capitalism doesn't work. (laughs) It really doesn't. (laughs) We have that discussion every night at work. Oh, God. Uh, Jules, what have you been up to? Uh, not much, to be honest. I've just been, like, watching King of Gates. Pretty yeah. much, just like, every single time there's a new show that goes up. And writing some massive monster roundup that has kind of gotten out of hand. Um, it, I think it has a mind of its own. But it's, it's alive. Uh, it's gonna go up. And just, like, looking for internships. And, oh, I went to Pride yesterday. Oh, how was that? It was weird. Like, first of all, it was, like, Pride is supposed to be in June, because that's fucking Pride Month, but they pushed it back because of the Euro, because that's happening right now in France. And then there were a lot of um, policemen with guns and paper and pepper spray. So, not exactly <laughs> the best way to feel safe at your Pride Good to know, good to know, that's a... Fun little global mm-hmm. situation. See, I don't go to I don't go to Pride because New York City Pride is like, I don't know. Hillary Clinton goes to it. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's it's a joke. Our Pride New York is City Pride. Our Pride is a New York City Pride is a lot. Of, yeah, I mean Indianapolis Pride is probably better, but New York City Pride you, is you, like you can't go to Indianapolis. It's not most of it is not oh, okay. safe to go through because of the huge amount of gang related violence and crime that goes through uh-huh. it. Like, there's... My grandmother literally turns on the news every day to figure out who shot who the night before. Wow. And one day, there was, like, 34 people wow. from Indianapolis alone. And I'm in, I was just not safe to go there. So, like, most people I know try to avoid going to most of Indianapolis. Yeah, okay, no, there's, uh... There's, there's not that much gang violence in Paris, but, I mean, Pride was fun. It's just that the circuit was a lot shorter than it was last year, and there was, like, a lot of policemen everywhere because of, like, everything that's been happening and uh but you know it was still fun i went i went with friends and we just we just had fun in the in the way that we could jules i I don't know i guess because you said euro but i know you're talking about the soccer tournament and not the currency but what is what has (laughs) it been what has it been like in france since the brexit are people freaking out well um pretty much the most um excessive reaction that i've seen was people worrying about, like, their work, Um, because I have a few friends who work either part-time in the UK or work in um, agencies or firms or whatever that have working relationships with the UK through through the European Union, and so people have been pretty worried about that. People have been pretty worried about travel as well. Because everybody's going to need to get a passport and new new visas or visas. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Visa. Visa, yeah. Uh, So it's like in French. And, um, yeah, so people have been freaking out a little bit about that. But because we're French and we can't go a single day without making a bad joke or, like, whatever. When England was eliminated from the Euro, the football tournament... (laughs) Um, by Iceland, one of the first jokes that I saw when I went into the TAD was, well, I thought that 
I thought that England had voted to get out of the Euro. <laughs> I still think yeah. my favorite joke from that was are you was the Iceland's coach being the part time dentist and everything. <laughs> yes, that was are you great. really surprised the dentist defeated England? And I was yeah. like collapsing in tears. <laughs> so mean. I feel so bad. I've made so many uh, Brexit-related jokes at Ian. Yeah, no. We haven't, been, <laughs> we haven't been really kind to our little Scottish friend, but... I know so many British people, I don't know a single one that was happy about this. Yeah, no. My, so it shows you the old, the old line. young... Yeah. yeah. The old young divide on it mm-hmm. is pretty big. I, feel I think like, even Scotland, because they like, voted unanimously to stay. Yes, and then Donald Trump is in Scotland. He's <laughs> like... You people took your country back. Like, you idiots. They voted like 68% to stay wasn't or something. Like the, wasn't it a politician who made the tweet, like, Britain always inspires freedom? And I'm like, what, yeah. really? Really? <laughs> well, Britain inspires freedom from them. I mean, yeah. if, if you look at the list of independent they states, to they got to vote, to and everyone else had to fight them to get them to go away. <laughs> oh. Yeah, open the Brexit gate yeah. today. <laughs> Alright, so we shouldn't go any further down this rabbit hole. For one thing, Case has nothing to say about this. No, I am, I, like, I know what's happening, but I have no hot takes. It all goes over my head. Brexit hot takes. Wow. Oh my god. I just, I just, the, the, my favorite tweet from the entire Brexit thing was, um, uh, that dude Dan, I think his name was like Gonzalo Dan or something on Twitter. Yeah. Shout out to Dan if he actually listens to the show. I know he's a Dragon Gate fan. Um, he just tweet like he was tweeting out like district by district results and like one of them or city by city. One of them was Mole Valley, and he's just like they let fucking Mario Kart courses vote in this now. They <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. hated that course oh so much God. as a kid. I always ran into the mole. I don't even think it was called Mole Valley. I think it was called something else. Was- but anyway, anyway, it's still really funny though. Yeah. I laughed really hard when I saw that one. I felt so um, bad for uh, Tommy End. By the way, Mole Valley did vote to stay. So okay. there you go. Mole Valley voted for me. Um, so that's that's the Brexit. I, I talk. guess the only I guess the only like pure related hot takes we can make on it is it's going to be really interesting to see how because I remember the wrestlers having to go through and get visas and passports so they could go wrestle for like Rev Pro and stuff. But now they're going to probably in the next couple of years have to go and get different ones. Yeah, it's really not going to be the same one anymore. No, the whole thing is so stupid. When you think of it for ha- more than half a second, it's like, okay. So they're going to have to get, everyone's going to get new visas. Everyone's going to have to, Britain's going to have to make up new trade deals with everybody. It's just also It's stupid. really funny for Britain to complain about immigrants, too, because <laughs> now they're, you know, their people are going to have trouble with work because a lot of people in Britain worked out of the country. And yeah, it's just so stupid. And that's not necessarily going to be something they can do anymore. I mean, I, as an American, I know, I know, we know plenty about stupid political things, and this was definitely a stupid political thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, only, the other effect it had on pure people is the friggin', it, it's like, it's, it's hurt the currencies, you know, the currency, not even just the British, uh, the British pound, but it's made the dollar, like, even stronger, and like, Japan and, and had to they, Japan had to cease all trade with Britain, like, immediately, yeah. because the, because their currency, like, got messed up so bad they because at first people thought something you know like wow why would they do that to protect their currency because of what was happening to it they didn't have a choice yeah the yen is like the yen is doing a lot better now too which is bad news for us because 
the conversion rate is almost even now, which a better turnaround by the time we go next we go to Japan next yeah, August. Please. I know. All right. Um, but we should try to talk about Dragon. Can we Gate. get back to Dragon so, Days? Yeah. Okay. Um, we only wasted like less than ten minutes. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so King of Gate, that's the big thing. The King of Gate roundup. I think Jewel should take the the lead on this because Jewel's undoubt Jewel's and Dylan have seen like every single match. Me and Case yep. are a little spottier, so we've um, seen everything. And like I said, I'm doing a a written roundup as well that are, is going to be probably more detailed than anything I'm going to say here. So I'll plug all of that at the end of the at the end of the podcast. But uh, John and Case, what do you have left to see? Um. I have the finals and then some other assorted matches. Mm-hmm. Case. Case, I think they're just the finals, right? I have my Case. I have my microphone muted. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a good day for me. Um, I have uh, Shima versus Susumu to watch, and I have that in another tab. It's just I haven't had time to watch it. Then I've oh, got the finals. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So we can still talk about a lot of the bigger matches. I'm going to pull well, up. You talk about everything. It's fine. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, know, I know the results already. Mm-mm. My, I'm gonna pull up my roundup because I have all my listings and stuff. It's very well organized, so much unlike my life. I'm about to say, Jewel's well organized. <laughs> what? Shut up. <laughs> um, the slander right now. The the fucking slander. I know. So I'm just gonna go around and ask you guys. So semifinals and finals, notwithstanding, because you, uh, Chase and John haven't seen them, what was your favorite match of the tournament so far? Suzumu versus Ida. Case? Uh, Shima versus Tozawa. Dylan? This is not even a real question. It's Susumu versus Ida. Yeah, and mine was Susumu versus Ida. And that's my that's my match of the year so far, by I'm the way. D- yeah, so I have Case loses. Very high mine. <laughs> Case loses, and I I'm going to say this for and- Case. I'm going to say this for Chase because I know that he's the number one Tozawa fanboy. Um, Yamato versus Tozawa, their semifinal, was on another planet. Okay. In my All opinion. Right, here. I loved it because, I mean, for me, they're the two of the best in Dragon Gate at Emotion. And yeah, that I, was... I was to say they're two of the best in wrestling at Emotion, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So that was a really, really, really good match. So look forward to it as the fanboy that you are. Um... But yeah, I think Ata versus Susumu. I'm the Ata in this tournament almost makes me want to cry because I'm so proud of him. Because I remember talking to people not even like four months ago, like not even in 2015, but really like at the beginning of this year, people who didn't think that he could make it as a single wrestler. Everybody who was like, "Oh, he's better in tag teams, and he's you know he's better when he doesn't have to do like all the work and like really be showcased and everything," and I. Watching, like, the matches that... Because I think only... I think only, like, three of his matches have made tape. I do believe. And, I mean, first there was that Tozawa match from uh, from May that was incredible. And then there was a Susumu match. And, I mean, I think it's safe to say that Eita is having, like... I don't know what happened. I don't know if he had an I, epiphany. I, I don't know if... I don't know what happened to him, but he's the breakout star of the tournament, and that's not even close, I even though Shimizu has been amazing. I have, mm? I have a theory on this, actually, and I think I, I can't remember if I brought it up in another podcast, 
or because or if I just or if we were just DMing and I talked about it. Ada is a great wrestler, but what he's lacked for so long is motivation. Because pretty much as soon as they started backing off from doing anything serious with him, I mean, even his Brave Gate match with Katoga, we knew he wasn't winning. You know, and I've made this point before, Dragon Gate, they run a lot of shows. There's a lot of house shows they run. They run a lot of shows, and they are, they have, their work rate is insane. So, I, you know, I, Ada probably didn't see a reason to strain himself in all these matches when he knew he wasn't really doing anything. I mean, all these multi-man tags, they, he wasn't really going anywhere. But now between um, him getting all the all these singles opportunities in King of Gate and between the J Cup, you know, now he has motivation. Now he's coming out with all these cool submissions and showing just how good of a wrestler he is because now he has a reason to do so. Almost yeah. every wrestler, when you really give them the motivation, that's when you see them at their absolute best. And now that Ada has the motivation, he's showing everyone what he can really do. Mm-mm. For me... Um... He, I think, I still think he really shines like in those tag matches when it matters. Like I remember really loving him in that um, Punch Tominata Must Retire match or something that they had a couple months back. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> was the hardest time of my life. I know, I know, I know. I was there. And, um, I was like, oh, okay, John. <laughs> crying the entire John, time. shut up. But yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know that we've been talking a lot about how Shimizu has really been having an awesome year and like bulldozing through everyone. But Atai is the breakout star of King of Gate for me, and it's not even close. Even though Shimizu has a better track record in it, and his matches that made tape were all very, very good. That match with Doi was um, awesome. I loved it. But Ata has like, I don't know. There's. I, I want to, like, quote one of my friends, and he's not a regular Dragon Gate viewer, but I urged him to watch um, Ata versus Sumo, and he wanted to watch the show anyway because he wanted to see Peter Casa. And he basically said um, that a flip got switched in Ada's head, and so that kind of goes back to Dylan's point that, like, something must have happened, and now he's like, fuck, yeah, I got to show everybody what I'm made of. I'm really and what he's made of is that he's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think I think he, he he hit another level and like what's the way I'm, I'm trying to put this? Like he felt like they had confidence him again in him again around the time they started that long term Dragon Kid storyline. Uh-uh. And it's like okay, well, that, well, I'm in a big storyline here that's getting a lot of focus on every show. They clearly have a lot of confidence in me, so you know I have confidence in myself now. And I think he finally also got confident in playing a babyface again, which he looked a little awkward doing that towards the end of last year, and I think he finally got used to that again. Because, I mean, even in the Millennials, he was not really a pure babyface. So, I um, love that Dragon Kid storyline so much, because yeah, that, that was, that was the, that Ada really did have personality, because everyone's like, he doesn't have any personality, he's bland. I'm like, no, he does! And he had so much fun bantering back and forth with Dragon Kid. I'm just really happy Ada got picked for the J-Cup because I know a lot of people were talking about, like, Yoshino. And I'm, and my pick was always Ada. So I was really happy to see that he got to go. Yeah, I agree. And it, so so as you were saying with Ada, um, you know, I think he, he felt that confidence in again around the time they did the Dragon, Gate story, Dragon Kid storyline. And the Dragon Kid storyline is exactly the kind of storyline Dragon Gate excels at where you know where something is going, but they still, like, stretch it out Mm -hmm. for a long time and make you, like, really want it before it actually happens, you know? Yeah, 
And I think ATA is actually kind of the proof of how amazing things can happen when you actually start giving a shit. Yeah. Because, like, it, it's really that whole thing, and it, he really, like, brought out the big guns. And I'm so proud of him. He brought, out, he brought out Zeus and the bodyguard? He brought, he, <laughs> well, I'll have you know that the bodyguard seems to really like twings. So maybe I'll have you know that he and Yashi were celebrating his birthday together, and I cried a little when I saw that picture. There's nothing that Yashi does where, that I don't know about. Where, it. What is Zeus that was like? I I forget what picture. Like Zeus posing in front of all these like Japanese people, like bowing to his muscles. Me, that that's actually a picture of Dylan and I. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyway, like, why wow. are we talking about Zeus? I don't, because you have the big guns. Yeah, you are the one who, (laughs) anyway, anyway. So, Ada, good, breakout star, my son. Sumu in that match was fantastic, too. And I feel the need to say that because who I am. He worked, he worked like a grumpy old veteran in that match, which is not something that he does very often, if at all. But he, he was beating the shit out of Ada. He wasn't letting up on that kid. And it made Ada look so much better because he could incur so much sympathy from the crowd. It was beautiful. That finishing stretch had me literally screaming. Because Susumu was like, oh, you really want to play that game? And I thought he was going to break him in half. Because you know that when Susumu decides to like bust out the power moves, you're in in for trouble. And Eita... And I think it was um, Strida who was talking about how he loves the way that Eita can transition into the numero uno. And it was yeah. at the end of that match when he rolled through the Jumbo no Kachigatame and into the numero uno and then into that modified thing, that like apocalypsis thing stuff. I don't even know how to call it. That was so good. It was a thing just, that happened. It, he, <laughs> I actually came home okay, from a terrible day at work. And Dragon Gate was running later than usual, so that when I got out of the shower, I was able to pull up the stream just in time to see that match. And I was having the best time of my life watching that. Because Ada is, um, I've not made it a secret that Ada is my favorite from the Millennials. He's always been my favorite. I always call him on Twitter, he's my scruffy son. And to see him have grown that much... In, in what seems like such a short amount of time, because it was really during King of Gate and the Dragon Kid storyline, he, he pulled this entirely new person out of nowhere. And it really reinforced my belief that he was the one who should be sent to the J-Cup and that he would do Dragon Gate proud there, and he's going to do Dragon Gate proud there. And it's good to see two of my favorite Dragon Gate wrestlers be able to put on what is, in my opinion, the best King of Gate performance. So I'm just very, very happy about the whole thing. And I've watched the match all the way through, like, ten times now. Yeah, that was definitely from, like, I mean, we said it, that was the best match, like, of the of the entire tournament. So good. So, 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 so good. Oh, okay, cool. I have the, I found the Kirk and Hall card. And the best part oh. for me was that Ada's submissions, so much of it is focused on the arm. And then so Susumu's lariats, he does them with his arm. So it was that perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Sorry. So that perfect balance there, you know, when you've got the one opponent who can attack the body part that the other one needs. And it's it's different than when, like, we know Shingo works Susumu's arm over in, like, 37,000 matches before they have their title matches. But it's not the same thing as Ada having his 
submission-based style focusing on the arm. Because mm-hmm. Susumu knew, going into that match, that that was going to be something he'd have to avoid. And Ada knew he had to do even better than usual because he had to take down Susumu's arm. That was the only way that he was going to beat him, first of all, because that's a submission move, and that was the only way he was going to stay alive because those lariats are, I mean, could break your collarbone. He hits them really stiff. Do you have anything to say about this match, Case? I loved it. It was my third favorite match of the tournament, or at least that I've seen so far. Um, and I was all about it, because I've been sure. all about Ada lately. And uh, that sort of transition into almost the Yave style that he's been incorporating more and more. Love Susumu in this match. Love the quirk and crowd. I can't say enough good things about it. I just have to like two more matches better. Which which are? Let's go into that. Uh, Shima and Tozawa, which made me happy on a personal level because I, I, I was not a fan of the prior two, uh, big Shima Tozawa matches, one from Kobe World 2012, mm-hmm. the other from Dead or Alive 2013. You didn't like the Kobe World match? I thought that was alright. It was, it was good, but it was a Shima Kobe World match, which meant that there was a lot of excess stuff and a lot of just do some cool moves and let's get out of here, please. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. It, you know, it's like it was. It, I I liked it, but I I didn't love it. Uh, but um, loved this match. Loved the pacing of it. I thought it was uh, Shima's performance. I thought was one of the best individual performances I've seen in wrestling this year. Thought he killed it. And then the other one was uh, Mochizuki versus T Hawk from the Five Eleven oh. Cork and Show. Yes, um, I think I, 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 it's more than everyone else. But I just when those two start throwing bombs at each other. I can't help but just absolutely adore it. I was I was actually going to get to that match because it, it is in my top five round-robin matches um, of this tournament. It was so good. And the how good it how good it was actually made me kind of disappointed that T-Hawk versus Dragon Kid, I thought, from the June Kodakuen was not as good, like not nearly as good. I can't. I can't remember what you wrote about it, Case, but Seahawk um, versus Dragon Kid was. I didn't like it, and I feel bad for not liking it. I didn't like Seahawk versus Dragon Kid either, and I I did not review that show for Voice of Wrestling. Um, I did review the Cork and I think everything up to the five twenty eight five twenty nine show, okay. or maybe not. I I don't think I ever published that five twenty eight five twenty nine show because I got too busy. But, um, yeah, I don't love T-Hawk versus Dragon Kid either. Uh, yeah, no, I thought I didn't, it was one of the more disappointing like matches of the tournament. But I was also going to say that when I was picking my five, my top five uh, best round-robin matches, um, so ultimately I have T-Hawk versus Mochizuki in it because I thought it was just, like, up a notch from um, Mochizuki versus Dragon Kid, which was also really, really good. Um, so maybe Mochizuki is the missing factor here. As he is in my life. Mochizuki, make, Mochizuki makes everything better. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jules knows. I'm, um, anyway, I'm having a moment. No, but uh, yeah, T-Hard versus Mochizuki. That was oh, that was that was a moment of brilliance. Just. It's nice to see T-Hawk have great singles matches because then it makes all the people who complain about T-Hawk look stupid. Yes. It is. It is always a good thing to make them look stupid. Mm-hmm. I feel well, bad for T-Hawk, because I don't entirely even understand where that amount of hate comes from. Like, you know, he, yeah, the crap, the, no, fans, you, the fans cooled off on him, but, like, Dragon yeah. Gate, everyone collectively agrees that Dragon Gate did the right thing in backing off on him. 
But now that the fans mm-hmm. seem more perceptive to him and seem to like him more, they're ramping it back up. Like, he's supposed to be one of the future big stars of the company. I don't want to say one of the future aces because I, Dragon Gate has Shima, but then they also have the big six. So it's kind of hard to... Yeah. It's kind of hard for me to see... Oh, right, because they're about to have a big five just till Zawa's on his way out, but... Don't talk yeah. about it. We'll, we'll get to that, though, because somebody did ask me about that, so we saved that for the end of the questions. Um, so, but... um. So I don't really know. I don't want to say the future ace because it, T-Hawk might end up being one of the big six, and then it might be Linda or Ada who end up being the ace that Shima is now. So I mean, it, don't forget about Fuda Nakamura. I like him a lot. He's big. I, I like I, him. I like him a lot. I watched him. I watched him manhandle Kness, and I was like, "Damn, that was awesome." He's big. He is really big. He's gonna get a push to the moon at some he point, needs, I'm he right and everybody's gonna cry about it. And everybody will cry about it. It's true. Well, yeah, I mean, Fuda Nakamura is like Shima's, like, it's like Shima, like, shaped, like, molded him into this being or something, because, like, a muscular guy like that that's athletic and young, Shima, uh, Shima is either going to eat him or he's going to push him. <laughs> Stop talking about Shima eating children! Why are you pushing that narrative? I it's true! So he kidnaps children at the start of the show. Was it what he... Wasn't one of you people that was like Shima when he sees Peter Casa? It looks like he's gonna bust a nut or something. <laughs> that I think it, was, it had to be. I saw that and I was like, oh my but god! It's true. It's, it's true, true though because that's like their third honorary that. boyfriend now. He's been wearing Gamma's cave, and I'm like, okay, I he's a good wrestler. I just don't understand how in some pictures he's really ugly and in some pictures he's really cute. And. I have scientific evidence to back that up because, it's like, sometimes like Peter Tosser looks just, he's got this really pretty smile, and I'm like, oh, and then sometimes he just looks terrible, and I'm like, turn the camera away from his face when he looks terrible. He's been beating up on Genki a lot, though. I don't appreciate that. I'll have no, you know. yeah, I don't like I hope he hears he, this He podcast. did it again today, actually. <laughs> but anyway, so. What did Genki do? What? So- did they have yeah, an argument know. over, like, fluorescent colored ring gear? Is that what happened? <laughs> I hope so. Speaking of, speaking of Genki. It's on the next episode of Prime Zone. Their argument over <laughs> fluorescent colored ring gear. What are... I, I don't know what just happened to this conversation right now. So Peter Casa, hot or not? No, not Peter Casa. Can we get back to Jane of Gates? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we weren't done about King of Gate, like, well, at all. We'll talk about him later on when we talk about Can Comic-Con. we talk, though, about... White Upon Nation. What? That was honestly the best comparison. I was waiting to see who was going to say it first. Because I saw some people I, like, I've I never seen a man move see. like this. And I'm like, Uha? <laughs> I know. He's, they've never seen a man move exactly like another man that was in <laughs> Dragon Gate three years ago. <laughs> I guess it's not that I know. <laughs> White Uha. P- that's what Peter Casa means in whatever whatever language Peter Casa comes from. I don't know what I don't know what Casa I don't know what Casa is. What is Casa? Like I didn't even ever, I don't even know who he was. Everyone's like, Yeah, he's from the I had no he's idea from the Southern Indies and I'm like, That's why I don't I, know who he is. Literally no clue. I know that I know I know that he teams up with a guy who's called Cauliflower Brown. Okay, I don't Isn't know who that, that is. That's the most amazing name you've ever heard. I wait, so wait. Cauliflower and Peter Casa, that's the team. Cauli yeah. Casa. 
Okay. I, I, I think they have, like, an actual tag team name that's, like, absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to have uh, to look it up. Cage but... match this motherfucker, see if I can find anything Wait, out. Wait, uh, but, yeah, the guy's uh, name is Cauliflower Brown. He has even worse hair. Why did you, why did you name yourself? Kasa. And, um... Why did you oh name yourself? My... Oh yeah, my the nuclear, god! The, their tag team name is the Nuclear Casseroles. This is terrible. I'm calling the cops. Oh my god! This is so bad. <laughs> Why are we talking the about Nuclear Casseroles? <laughs> yes. What? This is terrible. Written like this. Written like this. Uh huh. This is this is not good. Oh, I just got a cauliflower, as in like you give people cauliflower ear, not after the vegetable. Okay. okay, and he, and his um his um that is the most bio, white tag team Twitter name bio I've ever starts heard. With, I can ride any man. No, these <laughs> so would be your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> they just took a turn. <laughs> the podcast. Oh, stop it! Stop! I, I, I don't want to talk about him. this right now. Well, okay. And re- Archive of my own slash casseroles. That's not how you search on there, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a search bar, but it doesn't work very well. Don't use the search bar. Use the tag. Don't go okay. on that website. Don't don't find my account on there, please. Everybody, archive of our own in <laughs> search for Dylan. Don't do that, because <laughs> it's the same thing as my Twitter handle. It's not going to be hard to find. Okay, alright. Don't definitely don't search Dragon Gate. Don't do that. If you want to read BB Hulk as a woman. Okay. Leave my mom I, alone. I, I just want to bring Leave up... mom alone. Okay. <laughs> alright, so Case wants to say something that I assume is not related to this current topic. I, I, I think I'm gonna change it up just a little bit. I just I just Back to Brexit. <laughs> I uh, I saw Peter Casa in America doing Evolve shows for a little bit. Oh yeah, that he wasn't explains it, why I've never heard of him. It, <laughs> I remember thinking this guy would be amazing in Dragon Gate because he's like Uha and he does a Sasuke special. And uh, the the Uha analysis is actually great because he's he's young and he's not great at putting together matches just yet. But when you're working six mans with Shima, in you're fine. Ult- and all Shima wants you to do is do a Sasuke special and then do a few more flips. You look like a million bucks. And so Kasa's look great um, as long as he's been over here so far. The guys yeah, who go to Dragon Gate who are who have some good qualities but aren't all the way put together usually end up coming out really good wrestlers by the time they're done there. Yeah. So he should be okay, and then he should not leave because I'm really tired of all these goddamn graduation ceremonies. We have, I uh, I'm they should, they should just graduate, graduate Casa before I care about him. <laughs> just graduate him tomorrow. Graduate him tomorrow, and I can be like, okay, goodbye, White Uha. Thanks for stopping by. And I'll be it. I don't want to. I don't want to cry. Shima can fire him when they don't win the Triangle Gate belt. Well, you you worked out a little. You didn't work out. Bye. You. Can, I don't have time for people who don't win matches in this promotion. Then he'll be like, who am I kidding? You're muscular and you can do flips. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be here forever. Yeah, please, please come back. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So we're we're talking about King of Gate. I think I don't know what that. I don't know where we were or what we were doing. We were talking but... about Seahawk versus Mochizuki. 
People people really miss this. They're <laughs> yes. like, wow, six people are so six weeks. This hasn't been six weeks. Six too. weeks off without these four knuckleheads, like just randomly going on tangents that have nothing to do with what they're talking about. That's why Jules wow. and I talk naturally too is the sad thing. We'll be talking on a <laughs> subject and then we one never of us finish a conversation. We send and then we'll one of us will see a picture on Instagram or a tweet and we'll and we'll send it to each other and then we'll start talking about that for like. Are a we half really hour. going on another tangent right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, anyway, Seahawks. I make the decision and steer this shit back. There are two other matches I want to talk about. If we have nothing else to say on T-Hawk versus Mochizuki, I, I don't even think we talked about it. Oh, okay. Maybe I just talked about it. Go ahead, Jules. Something that, like I said, I've said it in writing, so I'm not gonna like spend 500 million years on it. But I hope that people who are who likes to shit on Seahawk and say stupid things like him, like make Seahawk look strong and call him T Okada or stuff like that. First of all, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it written, and honestly, it makes my blood boil. He's not even the Dream Gate. He's never been Dream Gate champion. No, I know it's because people are fucking idiots, John. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, he didn't fail. He didn't fail a wellness policy either, for the record. Um, but, no, but I'm going to fail wellness policy if I keep looking at him. Anyway, oh, wow. um, that's Seahawk disturbing. <laughs> from... Wait, so, wait, so are you saying your body's going to become a drug if you keep looking at him? I don't, under, I don't understand. I have no idea what I'm saying anymore, John. <laughs> is, like, your blood going to turn into a drug? Yeah, T-Hawk is... Like, T-Hawk is going to turn your blood into a steroid? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> what the hell, bro? No, I mean, my heart, just... I'm going to have heart failure if I keep looking at him because he's so good. But how would that make you fail the wellness policy? I don't, I don't know, Don. I say a lot of stupid things. You should know this by now. What I was saying <laughs> before I can make even more of a fool out of myself um, is that... George buys a steroid. <laughs> Seahawk has never been the bad wrestler that... I mean, never since, like... 2015 been the bad wrestler that some people would like you to believe that he is. And if anybody needs more proof of that, they should watch T-Hod versus Mochizuki. That's all I wanted to say. And it took me so long to say it. I, I think I think one more thing to add. I think it's too easy for some people to put off a good match on the veteran wrestler. But if you actually sit down and watch the match and then try to say that Mochi carried the entire match, then you're just lying to yourself. Because that's not You're probably what one of the T-Hawk, people who thinks T-Hawk. that Mochi Ito needs to be carried in a death match. Okay, listen, listen, <laughs> no, listen. No, let's, let's you not, don't want to go there. No, I didn't say the anger has not decreased we from are the not going there. statement. We are not going there. We not can't anymore. go there. I'll start yelling. But, but <laughs> yeah, no. But um. So Chase, what are the other matches that you wanted to talk about? Okay, well, the first one, um, near and dear to my heart, is the 20-minute draw between El Lindemann and Masato Yoshino. Um, mm-hmm. This is the longest Lindemann match we've had to date. Um, we caught the full 20 minutes on TV. He worked with Yoshino, who's a total yep. pro. Yep. And this just it backs up that El Lindemann, barring size or something uh, catastrophic happening, I, he, he should be a star. He should be at the top of the cards. He was excellent in this match, and I love this match. Yeah, Everybody's really... sitting around listening to this being like, wow, this podcast likes that Linda man? <laughs> no, I can't believe it. I don't no. think size will be a problem. Um, 
no one in Dragon it's Gate. Dra- it's Dragon Gate. Yeah, yeah I mean, no one yeah. in Dragon Gate is tall. I mean, to you be completely just... honest, all of them are considered junior heavyweights, except maybe Shingo, but maybe he doesn't even make the cut, I'm not sure. But um, most of them are considered to be small as it is, so I don't think it's going to be a problem Shibi for Linda in the long run. No, he's not, but it's not going to be a problem Shibi for Linda. Shibi I don't think... <laughs> he is he's something. But I think Linda'll be fine. I think, you know, Linda's already really good. And the way that Linda is really fit, really muscular, really strong, they're not you know, Dragon Gate is not gonna sleep on Linda. Let's be realistic here. If they don't, I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You're gonna have but, to fight um, Yosuke yeah, and you will lose. Yeah. What? You're gonna have to fight. Maria, Maria is gonna kill you. Oh shit! Yeah. She can have him. She can have anything she wants. We gotta get to that storyline because I have a serious concern about it. Oh god. Okay. Okay. Well, okay let's, um, let's let's roll through King of Gate and then we. What get I to... wanted to say is Linda has been like uh, quoting our dear friend Mike from Inside the Gate. He's been getting mid breathed <laughs> to death. Like he is so jacked. He was not jacked like this even at the beginning of the year. I'm not complaining though. He's got. He's got. <laughs> I know you're not. Peter Casa now. Yeah. <laughs> For she misfections. Hashtag mid breath. Mid breath. So yeah, no. Linda is in amazing shape, and if he keeps up like keeps up like this, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a major star. And so, Case, what was the second match that you wanted to talk about? Uh, KZ versus Shingo Takagi. Of course. Yes. From I was the 5:20 show. Just want to throw this out there. Um, Shingo, with this, uh, he is now in my serious contention for most outstanding wrestler this year. He's almost had, he almost has as many four-star matches as uh, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., and Chris Hero for me this year. And this was... Uh, <laughs> you yeah. said the W word. I, Don't say okay. that word. <laughs> all right, all right. Dragon Gate. Don't say that and word, besides, I still, I still, I still hold with Shuji Ishikawa anyway, so. Okay, alright, respectable. Um, just want to say, that I love this match so much. Everything about KZ was perfect here. Shingo was so great. Loved the finish. It protected Shingo. It put KZ over strong. Um, I'd love for these two guys to have another match. Um, I, I would I would love for that to happen, but hopefully it doesn't because hopefully Yamato wins at Kobe World, so these guys won't have to have a dream game match. Uh, but this match delivered. I and don't, now- well, if it soothes you at all, I don't think that they're going to let Shingo carry the belt through two more defenses because the fans might actually get really pissed off. They still don't like Shingo. I think Yamato is the end of his reign of terror. I, I would also, just because that makes sense, I love Shingo and I love everything he's doing, but Yamato should win a Kobe World, but we will get to that when we preview World in just a minute. We will get to that, absolutely. We will. I um, like I like seeing Shingo get beat, because he is always so pissed off when he gets beat. He is so mad. And it was KZ, and Berserk has just been bullying KZ to death ever since, you know, in the Dia Heart, in the Dia Hearts, when they disbanded match, and ever since then, and they just treat KZ like shit, and then he beat Shingo, and Shingo was furious and that's the best ever is when Shingo gets beat honestly, by somebody because he just gets so angry yeah it is and honestly Casey like his never say die attitude is honestly one of my most favorite things because even when he like he wins the match but he's the one at the end who can barely stand and has to be helped to his feet but he's still defiant and still gets up in Shingo's face and that's just the best. Breaks my heart that he's the lost host. It's, and especially with 
Flamita back. Yeah. He's probably not going to move out of that yeah, spot anytime he, soon, he, which is he, very he, sad. He's never going to... I don't. I think it's pretty much confirmed at this point he's never going to move out of that spot because Flamita being back means... I would that like... Because it's not going to be Flamita because he's been gone. I, they could always have UT join and be the Lost Coast, maybe, but they haven't done it They could it yet. have UT join, but I would really I can't believe they song. fucking stole his color scheme and now he has to go back yeah. to black trunks because they stole his camo. That made me so mad. I'm like, the one thing he had going for him were those really nice camo shorts. And you fucked him over again, Dragon Gate. This poor child. Poor UT. Poor child. UT is the poochie of Dragon but yeah, I would really love to know why there's not more faith being put in KZ, but... It's, I, it's, a, it's a, one of those cases where when a guy has a spot, I'm like, they just, they just, you know, they're never going to push him higher than a certain level, apparently. I think they like KZ where he is. Yeah. Because, I, I, mean, it, I mean, from one standpoint, it is, it is frustrating to not see him get to go above Lost Post, because that is, you know... But at the same time, he's so good at the role... And he's so good at being the underdog baby face who loses, but he always gets back up in somebody's face. And he's so good with emotion. I don't, you know, I think that they realize that that might be his most comfortable spot in Dragon Gate. Because it's something we know he's guaranteed to be good at. Mm Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really... I feel like I've said everything that I've had to say, like, multiple times on this podcast, on multiple episodes, so. But it's it's true that he's so good at the underdog babyface role, which is so funny when you think about how much time he spent as a as a heel. I, I gotta but, be honest, when yeah. I was when I was getting into Mad Blanky, when I first started, you know, watching Dragon Gate, because um, that was the stable that I first caught my attention, because um, if you guys remember, my first Dragon Gate match I ever watched was Yamato Hulk at Kobe World, so that was, you know, mad blanky years. That was, I could never have predicted that KZ would have gone from being the goofy heagle that he was in Mad Blanky to such an incredible, nuanced, emotional character like he is now. Mm-mm. He's he's incredible. He's I'm just... so glad he and Hulk are together, too. Uh... Otto. It's the trio. The original trio! My original favorite trio, and they're back together again. I could cry. I did cry. I was... Getting ready to get in the shower after work when I saw all the gifts and started crying. So everything happened so much. <laughs> everything happened so much. But, Screaming for dot JPEG. Yeah, no, but like Casey just in that match just reaffirms everything that he's been showing in those um, in those Karakman main events that he was in at the beginning of the year, and it was such a cool moment as well because he's the only person that has decisively beaten Shingo in the tournament. Just Shingo had his draw with Fuji and his double count out with Punch. That was my favorite moment, to be clear. <laughs> when I saw that happen, I'll be like, take that, and, Shingo. Uh, and Casey is the only person who's beaten Shingo in the tournament, and I think that's pretty special. So, um, so that's Shingo KZ. Um, we want to move on to the finals now? The semifinals and finals, yeah. Okay. So Dylan and I are the only ones who've seen them. Um, Mochizuki versus Shimizu was amaz- I, amazing. I really, really loved it. And Mochi just really wanted to take that arm away. Like, he was not letting up on that arm. He's one of the original uh, people who put the shot put slam over, too. 
So, yeah. like, he knew he, he how deadly it was. And I think he was the perfect opponent for Shimizu because Mochi is so stiff. <laughs> and I am Shimizu too. is a big <laughs> dude, and he just took so much punishment. And it looked, it made him look so good. Because he, he had his own rough spot, um, you know, because he forgot his gear at one point, and Shima, like, embarrassed him in front of everybody. So he's had to, you know, bounce back from his own issues. And I think he's Never bounced been. back beautifully. I think, every, you know, that match, his match with Mochi really... Um, put the message out there that he is going to be a top star mm-hmm. in Dragon Gate, I and mean, yeah. got that. He's got that power aspect that not all because Dragon Gate is um, it's it's really almost everyone has the all around talent. Like there's you know Dragon Kid is more high flying than anything else, and Moshi's you know more striking than anything else. But most of the wrestlers in Dragon Gate have a pretty even spectrum of abilities. Yeah. Like, they've trained in a little bit of everything, but Shimizu... Well, I mean, I don't think that Shimizu is ever going to pull off, a, uh, like, a 6.30 cent on his or whatever, but... He, he could, though. The thing is, is that in Dragon Gate... He could try! He could try! Possible, it's possible that he could learn to do it one day, but him being such a pure power wrestler, you know, is so cool, especially in a promotion where he's bigger than, like, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said earlier, I mean, if Eita hadn't put on the amazing performances that he has in the tournament, Shimizu would have been the breakout star by a country mile. I think so, too. And I also because think that him being such a breakout star was why they might have moved the Twin Gate belts yeah. when they decided to do so. This match, I don't think that was a... You're yeah. not going to get me to complain about that move anyway, but I really... Because, because this match with Mochi, um, when he squashed uh, Gama in uh, Kodakuen, I think he was in May, um... The Doi match, which I encourage everybody to go watch because it was awesome, and I don't know what Doi was doing. I think he thought he was Milano for for like a hot minute, but <laughs> that's yeah, what you said. Um, We're trying to touch the greatness. It's Milano collection at. Okay, yeah, which get Doi. No, but no, no. The the finish of that match was amazing, and I think I can't remember which one of the voices of wrestling uh, dads was uh, I was talking about it with, but basically he really said what is vital to what has been done with Shimizu in this tournament is that the finish of the Doi match really put Shimizu over as an absolute beast. And he is. And his performances in the semifinal... Well. What? He grew into that role really well. That can he be a role that role for, yeah. he can That can be a role that younger wrestlers have more trouble growing into because that is such a... That is so much... It's a role that depends so much on being confident in yourself and for a lot of younger guys, confidence can be an issue because they're just starting out. But he is so, so good at playing the beast role. Yeah. And like I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more when we get to the final. But to think that he's three years, I think, into his career and that he's already so confident in his power is kind of amazing. Yeah, he's, he's, so a, yeah, big, that was, he's a big, strong dude who knows he's a big, strong he's dude. He's a big, strong dude. Makes so, yeah, him that so was much a, fun to watch. A, uh, I remember yeah. when he had that dorky anime character gimmick. Oh, God. And um, I cannot believe it's the same guy. He's so different now. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was there was that, that first semifinal. So Mochi versus Shimizu, really, really good. Really puts Shimizu over as the big guy, you know? The real big guy. Yeah, and, and I, then like, the I, like I said semifinal. before, like I said before, because Cyber Kong is the uh, heel power guy. Yeah, you really need a real solid face power guy too, and 
you know, we got one. There's no way around it. We got yep. one. Here he is. There he comes. He's better and than so, Cyberpunk too, yeah. which is even, which is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And so that second uh, semifinal, which was Yamato versus Tozawa, and that match, I mean, the Shimizu Mochi semifinal and the Shimizu Yamato final were really, 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 really great matches. Tozawa versus Yamato was on another planet for me. Like, like I said earlier, if Eita versus Susumu hadn't happened, that would have probably been my favorite match of the tournament. Yeah, honest, honestly. It's, it was so, so high intensity on emotion, like right out of the gate. Because Tozawa especially already had a match um, earlier on that, in that show because he had his um, B-block uh, playoff match with Eita because they both ended up with the same amount of points. And so Tozawa was going in, having already had a 15-minute match earlier in the earlier in the show. Uh, Yamato was going in, you know, knowing that if he fails here, he's not going to get Shingo for God knows how long. And so there was so much emotion; it was so intense and high on that. And obviously, the two are tremendous wrestlers. So when you put the two together, it was electric. Like it was, I don't. I don't even have, like, words to describe the feelings that I got when I watched this match because Yamato is so good at the nuance of emotion and he's so good at, like, the subtle shifts and those little changes. And obviously Tozawa is, you know, he's very um, out there when it comes to displaying emotion in a match or just displaying emotion, like... um, in general, and the two working together in such, like, a high-tension, high-stakes situation, that was just, like, for me, that was the best match out of the three, like, the semifinals and the final. The emotion was off the charts. The wrestling was off the charts. Yamato is one of the best wrestlers, like, I don't even, I don't even know. I, in have, the world. I have no words. Let's, like, let's be honest. Yamato is one of the best in the world. There are very, there are very few who can touch on character work and wrestling the way that he can. And emotion. Um, like, yeah, absolutely. And Face Yamato um, is honestly, I, I, I wanted Face Yamato more than I wanted anything else when there was tension with him and Shingo in Berserk. I was one of the first people who was like, please get away from Berserk and go back to being a face. Please. Because he's so good at it. People, there were people who were talking about him like, oh, oh. no, he's, he's, you know, he's not. Okay. I want to cut in here because I am one of the people that absolutely hated his first face run. And I will say yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised so he, far by he, how good it's been. He is doing a fantastic job. His, his, his face run, you know what I, I, I actually... I'm actually gonna blame Shingo for this, and not even, not even to say Shingo. Not even to say Shingo's fault necessarily. Just for some reason, the dynamic of him and Yamato together. That's because Shingo's boring. Never mind. It's like they. It was just weird, like boring slash like they both seem. They're both so strong, and they both can stand on their own. That when they put them together as a team, it's almost like, well, why do you guys really need a team together? You know. You're so much stronger than the rest of this roster. It's just, together. It's just actually kind of boring. I still think Face Shingo is like the worst thing that's happened. Yeah, day. Face Shingo is that really is, bad There's too. no saving. There's no saving anything that you know. He's just, yeah. and it's not even that he's bad at character work. Okay, because Shingo is a great heel. I don't have to like Shingo to admit he's a great heel worker. Man, he is a boring face. He is a boring face, and it doesn't help that like the fans don't really care about him. 
Yeah. Like I like is... I know some people think it's because he's a heel. No, the fans have never really cared about Shingo Takagi. Making him heel was the smart thing to do because now it looks like the fans don't care about him because he's a heel, but they they never really got into Shingo at all. So I I think the deal with um with like with Shingo Yamato as a team, it just Kamikaze was you know it was just kind of there. I think Case, aren't you a Kamikaze fan, or is this? Um, I, think it's- I don't mind them. I I like what I've seen from them. I I can tell you, someone who lived through it, that like they were the unit that was just like, yep, Kamikaze's here. Yeah, <laughs> get that Kamik- <laughs> Yeah, it's just like yep, here they are. Like no one really they and then but then compared to fucking Akatsuki, Kamikaze was like the most successful unit of all time. <laughs> Akatsuki, was, Akatsuki was like was good for exactly one day and it was the day they broke up. That was it. The oh. only good thing they ever did was that incredible uh unit must disband match at Mad Blanky. While you bring that up, um it's been a topic of discussion on Twitter. If anyone has the unit disbands match from Akatsuki and Mad Blanky, someone has to have it. it. Please send it to me. Yeah, someone, please. Someone, someone, hook us up. At, oh, you don't have, have to. It doesn't have to be a legal hookup. Okay, we are not afraid of using YouTube. It's okay. At open voice gate. At open voice gate. <laughs> drop in the DM at underscore in your case. Something makes something happen. Please. If they drop it in your DMs, you have to share them. I, I, I know. Case. I know. Case, have you asked um, Alan Forel? Because from yeah. what I've heard, he has like everything. Yeah, Alan does not have it. That's no tragic. Way. If Alan doesn't have it, you're fucked. We're gonna have to find some like seedy Japanese fans who have like everything. The, the, there's oh, one maybe person. Jay has it. Yeah, Jay probably. Has Jay it. doesn't have it. I've asked him. No. Really? Yep. If Jay oh has, if, but if Jay has it, wouldn't we have We're access to it? We're all due. Exactly. So, I mean, so Jewel, but like, but we would have access to it if Jay had it because we have access to yeah, the yeah. Dragon Gate so, Drive. So the, there's one person that. Should have it. I just have to email that person and then probably pay him. Uh, but I'm gonna see what I can do. Kickstarter. Let's start a Kickstarter for but, um, to get his hands on that match. You, but um, any what I was saying. Face Yamato has been really great so far. I've yeah, enjoyed. Face yeah. I've enjoyed Face Yamato so much. I hate He's his. So ugly, now, I hate his see, ugly ass camo trunks. Now that we're now that we all think does, Face Yamato is good now. We need to. Wait. That means it's freshly single Takagi's fault that your face model sucks. Yeah, now we have proof. Yeah. But and then Tozawa and then Tozawa is great. Wait. It's, it's so what? Yes, hello. Wait, did you just talk about camo trunks? Camo. Camo. Yeah, shut up. Camo trunks. Because as a resident, are like very fashion. lightly camo colored, and I hate them. They're not. They are. I've seen close ups. There's differences in colors. They're solid gray. They are not, because I've seen him in camo ones. And his I ass is justice. Oh, it's about to get, it's about to fall. You, no, down you cannot argue with me, because if I have to, I will pull up a color picker and select the different colors in those trunks. They are camo trunks, <laughs> and they are ugly, and he should not be wearing that weird, ugly, pale gray, beige-looking shades of camo. They're terrible. If so they you're were saying that we should them. put him in the same paint camo that Maria is wearing. Yeah, you're saying. It, it would be an <laughs> on BB Hulk's Dragon Kid pants. These, this, we we made fun of <laughs> Monster. Ex- we made fun of Monster Express for not matching up their colors of orange, and, can, and can, all of Tribe Vanguard has yet to pick one shade of camo. Okay, I, while we're talking about Tribe Vanguard and their and their cho- their various choices, so when Jules DM or 
added everybody and was like, you need to listen to the Tribe Vanguard, the sample the Tribe Vanguard theme. First of all, as a Japanese Apple Music subscriber, I was able to hear the entire song instead of just the sample. Second of all, when it started playing, my reaction basically like, what the fuck is this? Like, it sounds... It doesn't sound anything like a wrestling theme. It just... Like, what the fuck is it that song? It like it came out straight out of 2008. Like, what the fuck is that, that song? That, this, yeah, yeah. But I if we're... But, I can't even imagine. I haven't seen anyone come out to it yet. I really can't imagine it. It's going to be uh, what happens, isn't it, at Kobe World? Yeah. Um, I, I, I like Yamato's white trunks, but, like, if we have to do ugly-ass camo, at least I'll pick the same color of camo. It's not even the same color of camo. It's like, here's green, here's pink, here's, like, gray. Baby Hulk's dressed up like Dragon Kid. We don't know what... Flamita's in, like, blue. We don't know what's going on. They should have just picked the rainbow, because that's what they got going on right now. But, I think everybody should just wear pink camo. Pink camo I, would honestly be fantastic on every single one of them. Just but, yes. But yeah, and then the, the weird thing about watching Yamato Tozawa is that when we did our first podcast, we thought this would be Tozawa who won this King of Gate. And I yeah, and I will bring it up back. in the I will bring it up in the questions. But somebody did ask me about when did we all know that it wasn't going to be Tozawa. So we'll get to that in the questions. But it is bittersweet because we really did think it was going to be Tozawa at this point, and it was not. And then we thought, okay, it's going to be if it's not Tozawa, our other choice was BB Hulk because Jay Hart's was going to disband. And it's not and it's either. We, did, we were wrong. We talked about all one time, like, all of our predictions end up being wrong in the end. And this was... But Yamato is such a good choice. And But no one saw the Yamato face turn coming, so I yeah. guess it's not really our... Because we I, did that. I wanted no, it. No, we, we did that it. podcast, like, way before the dissension in Berserk started. Yeah. But I, I would not have picked Yamato to beat Shingo, but I did want the Yamato face turn. Something fierce. Like, I think I cried about it on Twitter all the time. I think I ha- did a hashtag save Yamato. <laughs> it didn't happen. One thing I was able to predict. I was, but, um, so it is bittersweet to see Yamato versus Tozawa because we really did think it was going to be Tozawa and it didn't end up being Tozawa. But it was a great match. Tozawa is. a great, great match. Tozawa is, as and much praise as he gets, I still think he's underrated for the amount of work that he does and the emotion. But if he never does that corner chop spot ever again, it will t- be too soon. Because I am so tired of watching him do the corner chop for 30 minutes. Please. I have to wholeheartedly agree. That's like my one complaint with Tozawa. My one complaint is the fact that he insists on standing on that fucking post like a maniac. And every time he does, I think he's going to fall Where and crack his stretches his leg up like a ballerina. Yeah. How does every he single time. feel every time he does the Every single dive? time. And he, ru- if he like, like runs up the pole. He doesn't step up onto it. He runs up it. I'm like, please don't. You're going to fall. Yeah. I was so afraid when he went to the... Did Dylan just die? I think he did. Dylan? Dylan? <laughs> okay. His, um, um, his internet was having some issues earlier. So maybe that's... Yeah. But yeah, now you guys know how I feel when he does that step-up dive. Like, yeah. Don't kill yourself, my child. But yeah, we should probably wait for Dylan to come back because we have a time limit on this thing. Yeah. We probably shouldn't wait. It's like, well, it's like three hours. But I mean... No, but like... We also want it to be done by a certain time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you guys want to skip the mini world preview? No. no, we can get through that. We can get through okay. that. We can get through that. I just want to get to the final because I have a point to make about that. Yeah. 
So the final was uh, Yamato versus Shimizu. And uh, we were talking earlier about how Shimizu is doing such a great job putting himself over as such a beast. And in that match in particular, he hit some of the sickest power moves I have ever seen him hit. Like, I think he was honest to God trying to break Yamato in half. Like, it was, it was legitimately scary. And one of the things that I noticed, and that is probably just me getting in a little bit over my head, is that Shimizu in that match reminded me almost of a mini Shingo. In the way that he worked almost heel, and in the way that he worked as such a, a powerhouse trying to completely, like, break Yamato in half. And yeah. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic going into, you know, Yamato winning and going to face Shingo. So, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, maybe it's just me getting in over my head, but I felt like it was worth pointing out. All right, so we're back here. We had a little bit of technical issues. Um, you heard Jules talk about the King of Gate finals, and now we are going to get into the Twin Gate switch and the return of Flamita. So, Twin Gate. It switched. I was <laughs> Were you guys, very surprised. I was pretty surprised too, but the more I thought about it, it's like, well, they were going to have to have T-Hawk drop one of the two titles because... I didn't think want, it would be this one. Yeah, yeah I, they, I thought he dropped Twin Gate real fast. You thought he dropped Triangle Gate, you mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. There we go. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did too. I thought it was going to be Triangle Gate. But in hindsight, it's like, well, they really wanted to give Susumu something to do and... I mean, Agatora needed uh, like a boost after yeah, his yeah. return. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, I think I can say that I'm disappointed because I love Kagetora and I think he and Susumu are an awesome team. But it just feels weird to make a big deal out of the team that finally defeated Yamato and Doi, and then lose the titles in their second defense. You feel? Yeah, it is pretty weird. It, it's weird, but I I don't hate it. Um, cause it's, it's not like Big T was this super hot act after oh. they, they beat Yamato. It's, all, it's almost like them winning the titles was their peak and everything yeah. else was going to be a decline. Um, so I, I'm okay with this title switch. No, I, I am too. Like I said, I love Susumu and Kajitora as a team and, but it just makes me sad that, you know, Monster Express are probably going to drop the Triangle Gates at World and then they're just going to be left with nothing and they're gonna know what it feels like to have nothing the way that they told the jimmies that that they had nothing it's just like i don't know (laughs) but i I don't dislike the title change i was like i said surprised when it happens i think everybody was surprised when it happens because when because um the match was made a title match like the day of the show yeah it was very weird i i was following along on twitter and i was like oh things are things are happening in kyoto right now yeah, and um, lots of things are happening because of Kyoto. Um, and so, Susumu and Kagetora made their first defense of the titles, um, I believe, yesterday? Yes. Uh, yeah, so we're recording this on the 3rd of July, and they made their first defense of the titles on the 2nd of July. And their, challenger, their, their challengers for Kobe World are Chase, very, very favorite wrestler, and uh, Naruki Doi. Ugh. So their challengers for Kobe World are Brother Yashi and Naruki Doi. I'm not saying it's a good thing that Dylan's internet's acting up, but now that, <laughs> but, but now that he's gone, I am not excited for this match because Brother Yashi, like I see, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine because Doi, 
Doi at Kobe World and tag title match always seems to be really good. Yeah. Doi so, and tag title matches in general. Yeah. Tag, but I have a little more faith in Yashi than you do also. So. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not that bothered by it because I know that if Yashi underperforms, he has three excellent wrestlers with him in the ring, especially three excellent tag team wrestlers. So, and also I don't think that Doi and Yashi are winning the titles. So. I don't think so. Yeah. I, would, I would hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so bef- and then Flamita's return. Yeah. Uh, this is actually yeah. one of my favorite wrestlers. Not sarcastic. So excited that Flamita's back. Why would and... you be sarcastic about Flamita being one of your favorite wrestlers? He's awesome. Well, because we just brought up that Yashi was one of my favorite wrestlers, and that was sarcastic. That is true. That is true. No, but um, um, so I had an inkling that it might be him, as much as I hoped that it would maybe be Linda. But Linda wouldn't have been that much of a surprise. Um, but Flamita is going to do awesome, and it's kind of like, you know, diamonds are forever. Yeah. we got ourselves a little Theo <laughs> Hearts uh, reunion on our hands, which yep. I am not complaining about, but... Um, I, I was pretty, I was pretty surprised. I didn't hear anything about it, so, like, when I read well, that, I was like, wow, they just brought him, they, they got him on a plane, but, brother. Yeah, I had him. got him on a... I, I thought he, they were, where was he... Can't... Where was he being when, used what? in Mexico again? Like, he was doing something. Well, he was in, uh, well, he had, I think it was in AAA, he had the Octagon Jr. Um, gimmick, and then the Octagon. Octagon was uh, a big old asshole, <laughs> and then Flamita just up and left, and then he went and performed on the Indies uh, for a little bit. But yeah, yeah I, so I have to... doing AAA as Octagon Jr., that incident happened. He's bounced around. He's done DTU this year. He did Martinez promotions in a four-way match that I love. He just did AIW. I'm going to get to that match tonight. And uh, now he's back in Dragon Gate, and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, me too. And, John, um, actually, I'm not – I mean, I think it's normal to be surprised because we haven't heard, like, anything about him in regards to Dragon Gate. Like, no, anything is not the right word because after he had the incident with Octagon, he – did make a post on his Facebook page that was hashtag with Dragon Gate. And then I think the morning, and I think I saw that right before I was um, heading out to Pride, I saw that he actually had new t-shirts made that literally said Flamita Dragon Gate. And that shirt is awesome. I'm going to see if Jay can put that up on the site because I I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, I'm not, I, I, I was really pleased not really surprised, but even if I had been surprised, I have would have been pleasantly surprised because I think he's awesome. Um, and he's, you know, he's ridiculously good for his age. Uh, he's kind of one of the people that really makes me feel inadequate about my life. But <laughs> I'm, excited, I'm excited to see how he does. Um, and obviously excited for one of his eventual exchanges with, exchanges with Peter Casa to make tape. Um, so yeah, so Flamita, back in Dragon Gate, two thumbs up. Ex- oh yeah, right? two thumbs up. Who, and I know who, that if, who would ever be upset about I that? I know that if Dylan was here, he would give it two thumbs up as well, because he was really, really, really excited that Flamita was back. Alright, so before um, we preview for Kobe World, I do have the card for Corican in front of me. You can go through this really yeah, quickly. Sure. Oh yeah, please. This I is don't a, think I've seen this. Yeah, this is July 7th, so it's coming up in, this week on... Um, God, what, t- what day is July? It's on Thursday. So late late night, 
late night Wednesday, early morning Thursday for us. It'll be on Nico Nico. I'm and sure. I won't be I'd... able to watch it. Yeah, um, I'll probably watch it like I'm, the next I'm, day. I'm, actually, for, to my defense, I'm going out to an to a convention, and I'm actually going to see some Michinoku Pro guys. So, wait, what? <laughs> I'm going to there's so we have this big convention called Japan Expo, which is the biggest like Japanese culture convention in Europe. Uh huh. And they bring out they bring wrestlers over pretty frequently. And this year that's we have, fucking horseshit. Why do you guys get Japanese wrestlers? And this we don't year get they're that bringing America. over some uh, Michinoku Pro guys. Who are they bringing? Um, ten forty five, ten by, and Taro. Oh, I I want to go to France just so I can say I went to France to go see Ken 45. That's just, to me, a beautiful story. This is awful. You know, I have to fight like hell just to get my stupid Japanese wrestling panel on these conventions in America. No one in Japan, no one going to these conventions even knows Japan has wrestling. Well, in 2014... Another reason to hate America, wow. In 2014, uh, they brought out Ultimo Dragon. And I, I like I could get out a list of names, but I know that Sekimoto came one year. I know that Kana and the Shirai sisters came one year. Stop doing Yeah, Jules, Jules, let's, let's I move didn't on. see them because I didn't so live I in Paris at the that. time. So if that can make you feel any better, but yeah, I'm gonna go see the Michinoku Pro guys, and I'm hopefully gonna have a grand old time. Very this jealous. This is payback for you bragging about going to Japan. Hey, I'm I am trying to bring the entire family to Japan next year, so... That I will not be able to. I will be in college. Uh, that has been decided. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said you could. You might be able to go with an August. Is it in August? Yeah, yeah, I moved it. Uh, probably not, but I'm going to do my damnedest. Okay, because I, I decided... I Not that we need to talk about this on the podcast, but there's a bunch of reasons why I decided to move it, and basically, it was like, is... Is is the incredible humi- humidity worth going <laughs> to the last three nights of the G1? And I decided, yes, it is. Yes, so I didn't know that um, you were so high on those Michinoku Pro guys. No, I mean I love Ken Forty Five because he used to be a, he was a Toyamon X guy. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I like so, hair. Yeah, and he like <laughs> he did like a two second appearance in Dragon Gate in like two thousand nine when he like he was helping out Kagatora because they were in a. I guess stone together or no, not stone. What the hell was it called? Kowloon. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, no, Kowloon, something right? like that. I would have to pull up the Wikipedia page. Yeah, they're they're in Kowloon together. Some some stable like that in in uh, in Michinoku Pro. That eventually but yeah, morphed so they, into Bad Boy bad, the stable that exists right, today. Yeah. Right. But um, and, and he was also in the originally he was in the Los the Los Sailors Sailoros Japanesos oh. or whatever, <laughs> the greatest stable of all time. <laughs> the, evil, the evil salsa band, yeah. So, Ken Forty Five, he's had quite the career. Real quick before we get to Corkin, I didn't realize that Kagatora did Michinoku Pro. He was yes he, between between Toyomon X and Dragon Gate. He was Michinoku Pro was the main promotion, and it's kind of where he made a name for himself. And then did he do El Dorado? Or, yeah. Yes. Okay, that's. I mean, a lot of a lot of the guys in El Dorado were doing other things yeah, too. Yeah, that's like, I, I know I know because I've seen his stuff in El Dorado, and I, then I think Tanizaki went to El Dorado for a little bit. I mean, bit. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I have to be honest, because I was I was actually going to bring that up. My favorite thing about like what like all these grimy indie pictures that Dylan retweets onto my timeline is seeing Tanizaki working like Dove Pro Wrestling and stuff like that. 
and like some yeah. obscure show where he has a ladder match with Jun Kasai, and I'm just like, what the hell is? I, s- I saw him on a card recently, and I was like, wow, it's Naoki actually freelancing. But I have no I always, idea what I, he's doing I, I, with him. Like, for, honestly, he I worries for, me a little bit. But I forget that to this day he's still a freelancer yeah. sometimes because he's on like every Dragon Gate show. Yeah. But um, yeah, he never he's still a freelancer. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the Korokin card. Yeah. The opener is Jimmy Kanda, Kness, and Arakin against Genki, Ryu Saito, and Mike Seidel. Ugh. Mike Seidel so back. Just <laughs> like Mike Seidel seems like a lovely human being. I follow him on Twitter. I think he just got done wrestling in Korea, but ho- holy shit, I do not care about him in Dragon Gate. <laughs> you know, um, like whenever I try to think about a wrestler with even less personality than Matt Seidel, Mike Seidel is right there. <laughs> I remember last year. Is he the one? He's the one who does the yoga oh, mat thing, right? The, yes. The first time he did the yoga salt, I was watching it live on Nico because it was a Corkin show, and just lost my mind. And I don't. It was like both positive and negative. It was like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But he's fully committed to a yoga gimmick. More power to him. The, the, the I, 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 I know when I was watch when I watch wrestling, I'm like, you know what? I need a white guy doing a yoga gimmick. <laughs> Bring, bring me a white man doing a yoga gimmick, goddammit. They've just got young boys on the side, just get the yoga match to the top rope, and then he flips, and it's, oh my gosh. Alright, so that's, that's the opener. Uh, match two is El Linda Man against Monday Ryu. I assume this is going to be a Linda squash. I hope Linda wins by ripping his arm out of... Uh... We we never really talked about this, by the way, the, the Linda Maria storyline. We're going to um, get to it. All right, we'll get to Let's it. Let's finish the card. Um, Let's not go on match, any more tangents. Match three is Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kagatora, the Twin Gate champions, against Gamma and Yamamura in a non-title match. Oh, it's gonna be um, cute. Yeah, obviously, I, two, three guesses who's taking the fall here, but <laughs> it'll Gamma. be. It should be, please, yeah. please just destroy him. No, <laughs> I don't. And then happen. match four is Cybercon, Naoki, and Katoka against Shima, his heterosexual life partner, Peter Kasa. And Kaito Ishida. How dare you say uh, that word in my presence? <laughs> Shima's love interests are my favorite thing ever. My big joke is that if Ricochet ever has a graduation ceremony, then Shima's going to try to kiss him, and it's just going to make everything uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so that's match four. Match five is, is um, Big T. T-Hawk and Shimizu against Mojizuki and Don Fuji. That should be incredible, yeah, get, get your seatbelt buckled in, because that's going to be If anyone more. is not excited about that match, I do not want to know that person. Yeah. Because I am so ready. I am so ready. Then we have Dragon Kid and Ida against Maria and Axe, and Axe is obviously from Ida. Um, I just think this hasn't been updated. Mm-mm. So that should be really good, too, actually. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm so, um, I'm honestly so excited for Ata versus Maria. Yeah. Like, so excited. And then we have the main event, the three way six man, which you know, anytime you hear three way six man, it's all it's always good. Yeah. We have Yoshino Tozawa and Sachihoko, boy of Monster Express, against Tribe Vanguard of Yamato, Hulk, and KZ, against Berserk of Shingo, Dori, and Yashi. I mean, that'll be fantastic. Like it's really elimination, can. right? Um, or is it just well, first yeah, pinfall? I, I think it's I think it's always elimination yeah, yeah, six yeah. But um yeah, it should be that that should be fantastic. I mean I don't I see mean, how it won't be. 
right? I'm always excited so, yeah, this... to see Shachi get a little bit of spotlight, so... Yeah, I mean... But, that and I'm, really I'm, I'm really excited to hear the Tribe Vanguard theme in Kodai Quest. I, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that, honestly. I am... So, oh my god, the... The emo kid in me is so ready. <laughs> I'm ready um, to bust out my Vans shoes right now. <laughs> so we can transition there to the Kobe World card so far, because I don't know. We're probably not going to do another podcast until after Kobe World. Oh, I thought we'd do right? well, Maybe. We're definitely going to do – we discussed this. We're going to do a, um, a, a like a written preview with the four yeah. of us. Do the first ever open the voice gate um, roundtable. So that'll be we could do that. That'll be fun. Mm-mm. But we'll right. probably come back for we'll probably come back for a podcast. I don't know. I have like I basically I have two weeks after the Kobe World Show where I can do it. Those two weekends because after that I go to Otakon. So okay. it would have to be one of those we two weekends. We'll do it. So, we'll figure Kobe it. World. Kobe World. The so far we have five matches on the card so far. That, the special are we gonna talk tag about that fucking tag match? Yes, Masaki Ojizuki and Yoshiaki Fujiwara against Don Fuji and uh, Master Katsufunaki. I mean, you know what? What do you, gonna, what I, do you say about this? Is the old ass man match? I think this match actually stems from. I, I like to think that this match stems from Mochi using the hybrid blaster to beat. Like I can't remember if it was Ashida um, or or Yamamura. I think it was either final day of King of Gate or the day before that. And Funaki saw that and he was like, "Bitch, really?" And then he <laughs> just showed up and he was like, "Make the match." Make the match. Mo- Mochizuki's. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, isn't Fujiwara like 500 years old? Yeah, he's like 70, I think, right? It's absurd. He was an old man when Torimon was founded. I want to look this up now because I'm curious. I'm actually kind of happy that that for once Mochi isn't going to be the oldest man in the match. Fujiwara is 67, everybody. I was close. Jesus Christ. It almost had a four-star match last year at the uh, Tenru retirement show. I saw saw an older man wrestle when I was in Japan, though, because I saw... Dory Funk Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was. Uh, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. Oh, I'm just happy that for once Mochi isn't going to be the oldest man in the match because both Finaki and Fujiwara are older than him. So. I I love Mochizuki's Kobe World history of wrestling Takemichinoku. Um, he teamed with Minoru Suzuki to take on uh, Magnum Tokyo, Yuck, and Tenru. Um, he wrestled Koji Kanemoto, he wrestled Yamato in 2013 in what was a very sort of different style match, so... B.B. Hulk. B.B. Hulk also in a very different style match, so... I actually really like that match, even though no no one else... No one... I don't understand, people hated that match, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with that? Oh, I... I actually, yeah. when I reviewed that last year for my countdown to Kobe series, and I'm looking at it right now, I'm going to pull up the exact review, because that 2011 world card's insane. I gave Mookie yeah. versus Hulk four and a half stars. I lo- Okay, I was say, that's exactly what I yeah. gave, too. I thought, no, I, think, I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I don't, I, people hate that match. I'm like, just, there, there's some people who I think any fucking singles match in Dragon Gate that goes over 30 minutes, they fucking hate it. And I don't know. It's just really bizarre to me. But I thought that match was really, really good. So that, anyway, that, that's the first match, and <laughs> I, I think it only gets better from here. This, this card on paper right now is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. 
So, the Open the Brave Gate title match. Oh, is Dylan finally back? Dylan? Hi. Dylan! All right, we got- oh, my God! I kept, I just kept trying to call him over and over. Uh, what, uh, just a uh, heads up if it happens again. My, uh, Comcast is terrible, and yeah, as Comcast. of after today, they're gonna they're gonna be shutting off their service in my house because I'm getting a different internet provider. I'm the one who pays for the internet in the house because I'm the one who uses it, and I'm just sick. And you can ask Jules. This has been happening off and on for a very long time. So we were we were previewing Kobe uh, okay. World, D- Dylan. You're just we just all, we only... talked about Doi and Yashi. Yes. Um, the open the Brave Gate title match though is that uh, Maria against Ita. Um, this is going to be amazing. I'm calling it first. Yeah, I think. Awesome. And Ita is winning. I think Ita is probably winning too. Oh, did, we lost Dylan again. No. Oh my God. Well, goodbye, Dylan. But <laughs> yeah, so Ita is winning, and honestly, as bittersweet as it is to say goodbye to Maria as champion. If she's going to lose to anyone, I'm happy that it's Ata. It, it should be Ata, and it should be at Kobe World. They, they've they really... It, this is the perfect scenario for her to lose. Now, I'm going to... I mean, she's already on. had a much better reign than any of us could have ever hoped for. Much better than now, Kotoka, obviously. Much better than Kotoka. Uh, I'm still... I'm still um, very excited to eventually watch the Tanizaki match when I'm 40 years old. <laughs> um, oh, I think the DVD is actually out, so. Yes, I, I think it just came out, so. Jay, I know you're not listening. But yeah, the, but she, had, she had a long reign. She had um, okay. opportunities to showcase her talent. Um, she was involved in the creation of a new unit. I mean... Things have been faring so much better for Maria in 2016 than anything I could have hoped, including that Bravegate reign. So if she has to lose there, you're not going to hear any complaints from me because also I love Ata and I think that it's finally has. So. All right. So, again, technical difficulties and we're without Dylan again. But um, we should move on here to the Open the Triangle Gate three-way match. We have the... Team of Yoshino, Tozawa, and T-Hawk, the champions, of course, defending against Shima, Dragon Kid, and Peter Kasa, and now officially the team of BB Hulk, KZ, and Flamita. Um, there's no way this won't be an incredible match. With you, you look at the nine yeah. people involved. No, it's gonna be great. The and I think it's pretty clear that Monster Express is losing the titles yeah. here. The and question I'm is who. Even gonna go further than that, and I think Monster Express are the first team going out. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Um, it would not surprise because all for those who don't know, these three way and four ways, six mans are always elimination. So it's not that everybody on the team has to be eliminated, but when someone on your team takes a pin, your team's eliminated and the other two teams will fight. Um, so, who do you think is winning the Triangle Gate titles case? Uh, all about this tribe Vanguard team. Um I don't remember, Casa's visa runs out in August, but since Dangerous Gate is in September this year, um, I don't think they're winning, because I think Casa's going to head back to America after Kobe World, which would make sense. So this is a tri-Vanguard victory for me. Flamita's going to get some more gold, and I'm going to be a happy camper. Yeah. Actually, Case, I did not know about Casa's visa, and I was going to say that I want Tri-Vanguard to win, but they're probably going to give Casa the rub. But if he can stay around for that much longer, then I'm definitely going with Tri-Vanguard. 
Which yeah, I didn't know that Visa thing either. So let, let Case, is, because, uh, Case is on the case. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ooh, which, you know, kind of makes me a little... And this is something that I'm probably the only one who cares about this, but I hate it when a member of a unit loses a title and the same night members of that same unit win titles, and then at the end it's all like... I want everybody to have gold on the same unit, and I just like want... Co- Sorry, I have issues. But... <laughs> I would because I would love to end the notes with like Tribe Vanguard holding like almost all the gold, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, no, because I love Ata, but I think Maria is losing the 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 Brave Gate, and I'm, you know, I mean, I'm still gonna be sad about it, but I can't be too sad when it's you know finally Ata's time, and um. So I'm gonna go with Tribe Vanguard also. I didn't know that case. I didn't know that uh. Flamita's that getting the pin. He's a thing case brought up, but yeah, I, I think they're probably going to win. I thought they were going to win anyway, honestly. Yeah, j- so. just to yeah, clarify, yeah. and I can thank uh, Trask from Wrestling With Words with this, because he has the screenshot. Um, Casa's visa runs out August 3rd, so he'll be back in America, presumably, presumably after Kobe World. So it looks like Trap Vanguard's going to win this match for sure. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm-mm. All right, so, Triangle Gate. Um, we're going to skip the Twin Gate for a sec, because... Try to give Dylan a chance to come back on if you can make it. The Dreamgate main event, Shingo Takagi against Yamato. Is there any way Yamato isn't walking out of the Kobe world with the title? See, I feel like every single time I feel like something makes sense, the ending doesn't make sense. Like, I was like, oh, there's no way Naito is losing the title at Dominion. And then I was like, <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time I say this, you know, like, I was like, oh, there's no way this thing happens, and there's no way, like, sometimes a story makes so much sense that it ends up swerving you and not going the way that you feel makes sense, but this wouldn't be just, this wouldn't just be a swerve if Yamato didn't win, it would just be dumb. Yeah, this is an even more extreme scenario of the Hulk-Yamato match from 2014, where Hulk had to win, because it made mm-hmm. sense, this is... Mm-mm. This is, you've got the dominant heel on Takagi, and you've got Yamato, who's a shining star, and Yamato needs to and win like, Yeah, and like I was going around asking people, including you, um, about how this is maybe the first time in Yamato's career where he's in the role of the babyface hero to such a degree, like to such an extreme degree, and you just really have to put the cherry on top of that. Yeah, I mean, even the first time he won the Dreamgate... He beat, you know, he beat Naruki Doi when Doi was, like, a babyface. So he's never really been the conquering babyface challenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. I was going around asking about that for my written roundup. And um, I, just, I was just really wanted to be sure, because you guys know that I'm not the Dragon Gate expert that you, John, are, or that Andrew <laughs> is, or that Mike is. And I have a, I have my doctorate in Dragon Gate <laughs> studies to prove. <laughs> hanging on my wall, Ph.D., Dragon Gate history. That's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 I was, uh, and yeah, so Yamato is like in that really like conquering babyface hero, like to an extreme degree role for the first time in his career. Yeah. It would make. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. He was a hero to many of us. When he ended very tired of that. Very tired of story <laughs> rate. But in storyline, he was not really. He was just a babyface going against another babyface. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he was my hero. <laughs> 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 Joy versus Akibono. There goes match. my hero. Watch him as he goes. <laughs> so yeah, I um, think it makes 
perfect sense for Yamato to stand tall at the end of that night. It makes perfect sense for him also to... Because now, bear with me the fact that I'm only going on numbers and reading and not actually being there when that happened. I feel kind of like Yamato never really had that signature Dreamgate reign. Well, uh, his first reign was pretty... Yeah? Yeah, I mean, he... He had enough big matches, and yeah. like, even though it wasn't like, super long, to me that that reign was something. Okay. Like that reign sticks okay. out. But um, his heel reigns were obviously both very short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eating my words here, but no, I mean I I'm not, I understand where you're coming from from the late standpoint, but the fact that he was he'll always stick out in my mind because a he was the guy that beat Doi <laughs> and ended that super long Doi reign, and then b he had that awesome defense against Mochizuki, yeah. and. You know, when Yoshino beat him for the belt, I wasn't really... It was, like, a big... Kind of a big deal, too, because Yoshino had never been Dreamgate champion. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that reign definitely sticks out in okay. my mind. But but I hope that the, this reign is a lengthy one. Yeah. Me, too. Better not be another thing where they, they have the guy win the Dreamgate title and then lose it at the next Kurrigan show or something. Mm-hmm. No, that, <laughs> like would they did pretty, with, that would be pretty bad. Shingo beat Shima. Um... But, yeah, no, and I think, I'm, as always, I'm, do you think, you guys who really are more versed in that than I am, do you think this match has a risk of going into the too long failed Dragon Gate epic territory? Oh, they always have that risk when there is a dream. <laughs> but especially with these two. Yeah, I, I actually think they'll... Because they're both so good Mm-mm. that they'll find they'll make it. It'll it'll be a really. I I'm not that worried. I think it'll be a, a really good match. Yeah, I, I think this one's gonna be safe. I think if it was Shima or Yoshino mm-hmm. or maybe even Yokosuka, I'd be worried. But with these two, I think they're gonna pace it very well. I'm looking. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. Um, one of these things that we couldn't have predicted at the beginning of the year, like Dylan was saying earlier, that we were so hellbent on Hulk or Tozawa being the one dethroning Shingo that we didn't even see that one coming. And I... It's, They've done an amazing job telling the story. That's exactly... That, that's the, the words that I was looking for. They've really, like found a way to make it develop in such an interesting way, and it it all felt so organic that I honestly can't complain about the fact that we were wrong on on pretty much everything. It's it's a story that makes sense, it's a story that feels like it's had natural progression, and if and hopefully when Yamato wins... It's going to feel like they culminated, this feud has culminated, and something has happened, and both guys have grown from it yes. uh, in terms of their characters. So it's it's marvelous work again by Dragon Gate. The thing is, here's my question. Where does Shingo draw from here, go from here? I, I was just thinking that. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, but, um, I guess he's sort of been at the top of the card for a straight year now, and that's a little... Um, abnormal-ish for Dragon Gate guys. I mean, he's stayed specifically at the top of the card 
all year. He had the, the Masato Tanaka tag match last year at World, and then from there went to Dangerous Gate, won the Dream Gate, and has been uh, pushed as the top guy in the company since. So you could see him fall back maybe into a into a Triangle Gate um, role, maybe something else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know where he goes from here. He's going to have to take a step down. Mm-mm. I mean, the fans, you know, they've never been the biggest fans of his to begin with, so I'm sure they'll be happy to see him take a smaller role for a while. But, um, I mean, Berserk in general probably needs to chill out for a little bit. I mean, even even with their dissension stuff, they've been such a force, and I think we're probably ready to see Yamato do some different things with his reign, maybe do some babyface versus babyface stuff again, you know, just kind of like go get back a little bit to what Dragon Gate's more well-known for, which, not there isn't always a heel unit around, but the heel unit isn't always as, like, super crazy important as Berserk has been, so... It wouldn't surprise me if the heel unit in general is taking a little bit of a backseat yeah. for the rest of the year. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, especially with with the, the Twin Gate match that we still have to talk about. Which I really like. There's no scenario in which I see Doi and Yashi winning. I don't either. No, um, it's too soon for for the original Jimmys to lose the belts. It just it doesn't make sense for a freelancer to win about to win the Twin Gate and just. Yeah, I mean, the original Jimmys are going to win this. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, like we said at the beginning of the episode, I'm not that worried about the match. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's World, basically. It looks good. Mm-mm. I don't really have any other words. For, I mean, World is almost always good. I mean, there's very few bad Worlds. I think 2009 yeah. World is definitively the worst one. Um, Which what was the main event of that again? Oh God, let me look real fast. Um, give me one second. Oh, fill, fill the air. Do, do something. I should know. We're this, gonna talk about Maria and Linda Man. Okay. The year that Shima, the year that Shima and Gamma had that main event, that wasn't that great of a world. Although Susumu and Dragon Kid still had a really good match for the Dreamgate. But what was what was 2009 again? 2009 was Shima and Doi. Okay, yeah, that wasn't that good. Yeah, but didn't didn't two thousand nine have? Oh fuck, was this this was real hazard, right? Yes, this was real, real hazard. hazard at its worst. So there's a okay. really disappointing. So the year before is the year that the with new hazard and all that, right? Or is it two years before? Um, two years, two years before. Two years before it. So two thousand nine okay. had Stalker Ichikawa versus Abdul the Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. What was the Triangle Gate match? The Triangle Gate match was the uh, the best match. Was it? Uh, okay, well, there are, I don't know which one was the Triangle match. There are two six-mans here. There's Akibono, Mochizuki, and Fuji versus Gama, Tsumi, Yokosuka, okay. and Kagatora. That would be the fucking... Okay, this, this this show did suck. That would be the Triangle Gate match. This one fucking Akibono was Triangle Gate champion. Yes, that's right. And destroying that... Okay, so yeah, that's 2009 is Dragon Gate as Nader, probably, until... Until, or Nadir, whatever, how, how you say it. Until you get to, like, the end of the year where Real Hazard, like, finally starts to reform, and we get, like, the, you know, the the Susumu and Kanes heel turns and stuff. And But, like, I, and even then, after that, we get, like, the... That just leads to Deep Drunk Group, which is also terrible. But, yeah, we on that special podcast I did, we went over a lot of this. And, like, yeah, 2009 was bad. 2010 was also not good. 
But thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, we let that led to Blood Warriors Junction Three. It was a good time, which was awesome. Yeah. So that did kind of save Dragon Gate, but the other six man was Pac, Hulk, and Yoshino versus Dragon Kid, Tozawa, and Awasa. And uh, Yoshino was insane in this match. And then Pac takes Awasa's like backpack face buster. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like he like holds the guy up on his back and almost like a gory bomb, then drops him on his face. Mm-mm. Okay, well Pac takes that on the apron, so he just takes a face oh, buster to the apron. So he's dead. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, but it's that's the best match on the show. Okay. Yeah, so 2009 Kobe World sucks, but other than that, <laughs> there's some good. Most Kobe Worlds are very good, and I think this card is looks like it's going to be another very good Kobe World. All right, so um, we don't have Dylan crying unfortunately since Dylan's not here. Oh, but I will, so we'll, I will say that Dylan well, because well, let's give him a chance because hold on because we did get a question he, and it was a really it was a question I can go into for a little bit. To give Dylan one last shot to come back. So, um, Jules, why don't you... We had to talk about Linda and Maria. Okay, we'll do that first. Somebody wanted to talk... I think it was Chase who wanted to talk about it. Oh, well, the the wonderful thing about Linda and Maria is that it's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and it's like, it's another... It's, by the way, it's... They did the storyline Toriumon with Ryu Saito and Anthony W. Mori. Yeah, they did. They they found each other at the... They they, I mean, okay. They were were really, like, supposed to be best friends... But it was so clear they were supposed to be lovers. I mean, even Jay would say it at the time that they were that supposed to be like star-crossed lovers. But like they were separated by the Toriumon T2P feud, and like I just remember like um, at the big show they did in Tokyo, the uh, where they have both rings set up. Um, someone needs to stop t- typing on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. All right, so Toriumon T2P, the big crossover show. I just remember like Ryu Saito basically saying he doesn't want to hurt Mori and Mochizuki being like, Man, this is war. <laughs> Get your shit together. Friends end up on the opposite sides of war. Yeah, he is not romantic. He's like but Do- so we have we have a similar thing here, except right now Tribe Vanguard and Overgeneration are not quite at war with each other. Yeah. But Yamato did tease us and he was like, Look, we could end up <laughs> fighting. And I mean, it will be eventually probably the fallout of that Triangle Gate match. Yeah, I, I would assume that. that it's... Do we the, think that's where, that Linda... This is going to, uh, this is going to be where Tribe Vanguard and Overgeneration are, are clearly, like, at odds. And yeah. Linda and Linda and Maria are like, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> want to fight you, I love. Oh, it's be, gonna, do we think that this... I mean... Obviously, I think yes, but do we think that this eventually leads to Linda Man graduating from Overgeneration and joining Tribe Vanguard? I think it's very possible, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably a ways away. Especially with that song. Yes. Because <laughs> Case, I think it was you who was telling me that this was like the song made for Linda to join that unit. Yeah, no, it's like this, the Tribe Vanguard song doesn't fit the unit at all. But if Al Lindemann was in it, it would fit the unit perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Linda and Maria, oh, the, yeah. that's, the that's love story. That's an interesting story. development that I the did not see coming almost... at all, but it's beautiful. Um, all right, so what was that? There was a question, Jules, that I really wanted to get into. There was a question, and that's, um, what is the biggest what-if in Dragon Gate history? 
So I have I have like three I can get into here, which are all like uh, first of all I'm gonna make an, an editorial decision and assume this person means including the Toriumon days because it's all yeah. Dragon, Dragon System. I, I can't um, go for it. Toriumon also. So the the biggest one to me is what if Ultimate Dragon never gone back to WWE or gone to WWE for that little run of his that led to him coming out at WrestleMania 20 where. Again, I was there. And coming out and slipping on the entrance ramp at Madison Square Garden. That was his big... He came there basically just to wrestle at MSG. Yeah, that, that was his goal of his WWE. This cruiserweight invitational stupid thing, and he slips on the entrance ramp. It was amazing. But anyway, so what would happen if he had not gone back there? Because it was him that went, him going there that basically led to the Toyobon guys looking around and being like, why the fuck are we staying in these fucking dorms in Kobe when we're drawing all these fans everywhere? Like, what is the pay here? What's going on? And, like, if Ultimo hadn't left, basically, and, like, opened up that opportunity for everybody to question what was going on, like, would we still be talking about Toriumon Japan today? Like, would we still be talking about Ultimo Dragon's wacky booking and, you know, people feuding over bicycles? I don't know. It's a great, it's an open question to me, and I, that, that is, to me, the biggest what if. What if Ultimo had never gone over? What if Toriumon X had a... I mean, that's... You can also call that a separate what if, but I'd also say, as a result, I think Toriumon X was a massive failure, and I'm not sure it would have been if Ultimo was around and giving it all of his care, but it's a big thing. Like, what if? What if we had just... Would the Toriumon system still be going to this day? Would Toriumon... Dragon Gate still be Toriumon Japan? I think it's a big question. And, and um, with that, you've got the the, uh, the international doors probably would have never opened. There probably wouldn't be a Roderick Strong and a Jack Evans. There probably wouldn't be an Austin Aries or uh, Pac or Ricochet or Uha Nation. Right, because that, that really only happened. Before before Dragon Gate, the, the only international stars we had were like fucking Alibaba. Yeah, like, it was really other... weird, obscure people. And then Ultimo's luchador friends that were not yeah. Um, so then we can get into what other what ifs. What if Milano had never left? Because Milano was such a huge star. I mean, and he was such a talent. And Milano left right. His last big match was the January 2005 match with Ryo um, and Corkin, the same show that Blood Generation uh, was formed. formed. So, yeah. It, I mean, we could have gotten Milano against. A young Shingo, a young Yoshino, a young Doi, a Shima that was unreal, Magnitude Kishiwata even. That's my biggest what if is Milano not leaving. I mean Yeah, that was a, that's a big one. Could he do you think he would be maybe still active because Ghetto wouldn't have broken his fucking eye? Yeah, it's possible. Um I mean he would have been Dreamgate champion. Yes. Would he Probably. be Although the reason why no, because you have to remember the reason why he left in the first place was because he was frustrated yeah. with... Well, first of all, he was Lord of Ultimo, which a lot of people were. But second of all, he was... I mean, he was frustrated with his place in the promotion. Yeah. Now, if Magnum Tokyo had still gotten pushed out, which, by the way, there's another huge what if. What if Magnum Tokyo had never gotten pushed out? I would if Magnum, <laughs> if Magnum Tokyo hadn't gotten pushed out, I mean, that was like the biggest blockade, I think, to Milano ascending to that level was Magnum. And you could always tell Magnum was, like, jealous and, like, yeah, those, kind those of... Those two don't get along. And they always had no. terrible matches in Torimon, but, like, Milano and Magnum are not I friendly. Would, that, that 
one, their their UDG title match, UDG title match, I thought was actually pretty damn good. I don't like it, but I, I know some uh, people like it. I thought that match was really good, but um, I'm I'm less of a Magnum hater than a lot of people, even though he was behind the scenes pretty terrible. But anyway, um, Milano. What if Milano never left is another one. What, what if Agon never left is another big one. Yeah. Um, well, they're reuniting in Wrestle One right now, so yes, which, which is to, to say, Dylan wanted to cry about it, and especially I think Dylan wanted to cry about Kondo and Yashi getting a Wrestle One tag title match and executing that aided somersault senton, the Babylon, and because well, Dylan find really, really loved that move. I f- this whole, this whole period now is so interesting because. You have Yashi in Dragon Gate, and you have him in Wrestle One at the same time, teaming with Kondo and Awashi. It's mm-hmm. like, are we? Could we really get? I wonder, even for like a one-time thing, He's gonna bring like Kondo and Awashi. I know. Would, that would be amazing if it happened. I mean, I, I think I think the door has never been more open, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. there's a great chance it happens. I do have, even if it's a one-off. But, I do have another what if, and I'm asking you, you guys this because once again more more experience in Dragon Gate in general I don't know I why don't. because I've been thinking about him a lot lately what if they had found something to do with Mori well, you, what do you mean by find, to find, find something to do Cause he, had, he retired because he never really did anything I don't know if that's true though yeah. I mean, he had he had he had a, a few with Manitou Kishiwara for the Dream Gate he had a long feud with Cybercon that was like mass versus hair and stuff I mean, I would. I don't know if it, he always was in a slot, and he got his little pushes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he. I thought the main reason why he retired was because he was just tired of taking such a beating. Yeah. I mean, he he was a smaller dude. He never had much of a. He never had much muscle on him. I think he just got tired of getting beat up so much. But yeah. you know, um, I I don't I don't feel like he was misused or anything. I think he he had his runs. I mean, the Cybercong feud was just that was such a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that, sometimes, like, I, sometimes I just look at, like, him and, like, the things that he did, and I, I feel like if he had stayed around, could he have had a bigger role? I, 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 I don't know, I think... If he stayed around, he'd be a Jimmy, he'd be in the Genki Horaguchi-type role. Jimmy Moore? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Moore. I agree. That'd probably be true, actually. That would be He's cute, actually. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest... And this is probably a thing that would that I don't think would ever happen, but I was tweeting about how I usually don't like on-screen authority figures, but I would make an exception for him. I just want his face on my TV. I saw him at the Corican show. Is he still pretty? He's still very pretty. Oh, I knew it. Um... I mean, nothing Nothing at the Corican show as far as interacting wrestlers outside the ring will top BB Hulk, who basically... I don't think I really even told this story after my trip, but I, don't, I think I just forgot about it. But he basically had no time for me. Because, <laughs> like, I walked up to the stand and was like, you know, I and he was there doing that, um, that, the that lottery like, thing. Sport, the lottery thing, yep. And I just, like, <laughs> I had, like, a mark out moment. I was like, you're a BB Hulk. And he just, under his breath, was like, yep, I'm BB Hulk. <laughs> like, in a sarcastic way, like, I I know who I am. That's me. You stupid, you stupid foreigner. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I still gave him the after I gave him money and he did the fortune thing for me. Then he was nicer. But okay. I mean, like now I think you're going to, but I'm gonna tell my Tomohiro Ishii story on this podcast now. 
Okay. Because okay. if you guys Let's have listened to the Voice of Wrestling flagship, Joe Lanza gives me shit about this all the time now. So last month, I'm in Chicago for the ROH New Japan show. Um, I went there, and I was like, I want to meet Ishii. Ishii's my favorite non-Dragon Gate wrestler. I just want to just touch him and just not in that. Not in the, not in the, <laughs> wow. Not in you the just want to touch him. Okay. Okay, Jay. Um, and so... Um, the uh, the autograph lines were insane because that Chicago Ridge building is really small because it's not meant for professional wrestling or for having thousands of people in it or just a thousand. Yes, I've, I've been in that building. It is very tight. Yeah, and so the autograph lines are literally around the building. And so wow. I'm in the line for, like, um, Naito and Okada, and I'm going down the line, and then there's about 20 minutes before I have to get back to my seat. And Ishii just stands up and leaves. I watched Ishii just go to the back. He was not <laughs> signing autographs anymore. So I'm going to the line. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so Naito, Okada, shook hands with Gato, uh, met Kushida, which was really awkward. Um, what? Yeah, I was just really awkward around Kushida. I just, I don't want to, this is just a bad experience. Like, is it because he was, I... like, too pretty? He, is it because he was, like, too warm and pretty and amazing for you to handle? A little bit. That happened to me as well. I don't <laughs> So, watch the show. Don't meet Ishii. Ishii has this great match with Bobby Fish. I enjoyed the show, minus the main event, which was just a train wreck. Um, so after, hey, you don't you mean you tell me you didn't like the finish of the Bullet Club running in and killing everybody? I, like, I can't. A year after the relevant? <laughs> I can't. I don't even want to talk bad. about it. And I, I'm sitting there with Rich, and the place is going nuts. Like they love this bullet club. Like, yes. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. I think it was like. I think it was either Rich or Joe on the voice wrestling encounter was like, I can't wait for Los Ingobernables Day ROH to <laughs> destroy everybody in 2019. It was like, yeah. so absurd. So Rich and I are talking after the show. And we're meeting up like Joey Bay, who went on the Japan trip. Um, yes, Joey Bay. I mean, he listened to the show. I think. Shout out to Joey Bay, a great He's man. the man. Joey Bay's awesome. Okay. He's a fantastic man. Okay. Um, so we're hanging out with the show. He went to, he went like, he was the one guy on that trip that was willing to indulge me and go on all these fucking, like, Tokyo sightseeing stuff uh-huh. instead of just, like, I don't know what everybody else was. I think everybody else was watching WrestleMania. <laughs> he, and I, he and I were, like, looking at the Meiji Shrine and, like, all this other shit and, like, went to Nakano Broadway and got ice cream and stuff, and That's... everybody else is watching WrestleMania. Yeah, Joey Bay's the man. Good person. Mm-hmm. Um, so... He made me feel really special to ROH once, because when I was there in um, August, I was walking around, and, like, he saw me, and I saw him, but I was, like, I, and I recognized him, but I was too afraid to, like, say hi, and we did, like, the eye contact thing, and he, he stopped me. He's like, are you case low? Like, yeah, I reviewed Dragon Gate for Voice of Wrestling because I was just like, it was like, I'm, I'm famous in that moment. Um, <laughs> I don't, isn't that amazing though? Because like when, when I was at that, I was at the Ring of Honor New Japan New York City show last month and people like fucking recognized yeah. me and like recognized my voice. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how the fuck do people actually, this is just weird. Someone was like, I love Open the Voice game. I'm like, what? You what? <laughs> how is that even possible? It's beautiful though. It's beautiful, but, like, perplexing. So, anyway. <laughs> so, after the show, Rich and I are talking. We're talking with Joey Bay. We're talking with a few other people. Um, and we meet up with a current member of the ROH roster and start talking to him. He's a very good dude. And then the New Japan guys come out, 
and they're back at the table of, like, they're selling merch, and, like, Kushida's selling T-shirts that, like, weren't at the ROH merch table, like, Kushida was just going into business for himself. Um, yes! He prints those T-shirts himself. Yeah. I own one. <laughs> and so Tanahashi's out there, and so I met Tanahashi. Tanahashi had a uh, a sign that said photos, F-O-T-O-S. <laughs> Please leave Actually, him alone. That, <laughs> that makes that makes sense though because Japan doesn't like Japanese doesn't have a PA. Yeah, exactly. So I take my picture with Tanahashi. He's like, oh, oh, pick photo. And so I pick like this picture of not Tanahashi wrestling, but like this like homoerotic picture of like Tanahashi doing like a curl. And I was like, this is the one for me. And like I am like. <laughs> Uh, Rich's wife, Michelle, was like, Michelle, here you go. Like, it's Tanahashi. Just keep it. She's like, I don't know what you're going to do with this picture, but it's all yours. You can go home and keep it. Um, and so then I noticed Ishii, and Ishii's just standing there, and he, is, he has no one at his table. And I already, I had already had my picture with Ishii. I should clarify. I met Ishii earlier because I went to Ishii, then Tanahashi. And when I met Ishii, I was like, favorite wrestler. Thank you for the match. And I was just, like, trying to be so sweet. And I took my picture with him. He does not speak a word of English. Just none. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know any. I was like, Tomohiro Ishii, you're my favorite wrestler. Thank you. Blank stare. I'm going to no. meet him in a week, and so that's good to know. Yeah, no. I'm there, just going to have to, like, start crying on him. Yeah, <laughs> just try, try to do... There. Tell me Psycho or something. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. I was like... Be like Rocky Romero, just yell Psycho. <laughs> yell Rapongi at him, he'll understand. Um, so I'm, I'm talking to Rich and Joey and the ROH guy and all these other people, and I noticed Ishii's alone, and I had a $20 bill in my pocket, and so I went up behind Ishii, like, behind, because I, I really wasn't supposed to be where I was at, but I was talking to an ROH guy, so I was just dealing with it. So I go up, and I, like, pat Ishii on the back, and I hand him the 20 and I was like, for your matches, thank you. Just because the guy kills himself for a living, I think he might as well take a 20 every once in a while. And he hands the 20 back, he's like, well, he just makes noises because he doesn't know. Yeah. I, okay, I, Case, do you know that, like, first of all, tipping in Japan is not a thing at all? I, like, I didn't know that at if the you, If you hand a $20 bill or the equivalent to a waiter in Japan, they will fucking run on the street and catch you. <laughs> I, see, I saw them do this. When someone, one of, a people, one of the people in our group left a left t- a tip on the table because they weren't thinking, I guess, and they just, you know, that's what they naturally do because they're used to America. And the waitress ran out after <laughs> him and was like, here's your fucking money back. We don't want your money. Because tipping is just not a thing. It just doesn't exist there. So I'm, which is I'm actually to give Ishii a tip after <laughs> yeah. his, his amazing 2016. He's just coming off that match with Naito. It's the least I can just not a thing there. Like, why are you giving me money? I'm not, not providing you with a good or service. <laughs> like, what is... He's in there. And so he, I, in that moment, I look back, and he tries to give the money to Okada. Like, it was like this <laughs> moment of, like, self-loathing and, like, oh, this can't be for me. Because he's, I think he's trying to communicate with her, like, why is this white person giving me $20? And Okada starts to, like, take the money. And I swear to God, I go in between Okada and Ishii, and I'm like, no, money for Ishii, for good matches. And so Ishii is just, he doesn't know what to do, so he hands me an 8 by 10 and I shake his hand again, I'm like, thank you. And like, I, like, I'm just trying to explain him, but, like, I love what you do, and you just didn't understand it at all. <laughs> That's amazing. 
god. The greatest story. Yeah, so, 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 like I said, don't, so when, when we're all in Japan next year, don't try to tip anybody. Because it's not. They're not, it's not a thing there. This is the same reason why, if you ever go to a restaurant in Hawaii, they add the tip to the bill automatically everywhere because they have so many Japanese tourists. And the Japanese tourists are not trying to be rude. They just, they don't know tipping is a thing. Yeah. So like, they just have to add the tip to the bill. But I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of fucking crazy that you have to tip anywhere you eat or drink or anything in America because the employer doesn't actually pay them enough. But that is you know. fucking crazy. I mean, that is ridiculous because you don't have that in Europe. In, I mean, you I guys mean, have. Friends, you have. I mean, tips. look, I'm gonna explain to you a thing. In America, when you tip, it's like twenty, thirty dollars. Yeah. In France, when we tipped, it's two euros. Right, because, because they pay your. Tip, they pay okay. their employees. Basically, you know. um, the French word for tip for, is pourboire. And it basically means to drink. And a tip is just something that the, the, the person can just like put in his pocket and then like, it's like extra money. It, it doesn't, it's not because the employer doesn't pay this person. Right. It's Which just like America. extra money to drink or like have fun or something. In America, like let's say the the minimum wage is seven fifteen, which is already fucking ridiculous, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. And then these fucking employers could be like, "Wow, since you're gonna get tips, I could pay you two dollars and fifty cents an hour, and then the tips will make up the rest of it." <laughs> now I think they have to pay the full thing if the tips don't make it up, but like it's still ludicrous. Yeah, it's like it's basically saying, "Well, we need to, a, we need to have the customer. It's a the customer needs to like the customer needs to." subsidize my employees it's like okay why but yeah so japan doesn't do that at all whatever whatever the price is in japan that's the price you pay which is one of the reasons why food is so like unexpectedly cheap there like of the of everything i discovered in japan i was like wow food and drink is like way cheaper than new york here Mm. it's like the prices are already slightly lower and then on top of that you have to tip anywhere so it's like wow you spend way less on food than i expected but anyway so, um, are there any more money, another question? More money to spend on merch, everybody. Yeah. yeah. We actually had another question um, that Dylan has just uh, sent me before he just disappeared. And it's, when did we know that right, Tozawa wasn't winning the Dream Gate? Um, when he was announced for the Cruiserweight class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had an inkling before that, especially once they started doing... When did they announce him for the Cruiserweight class? It was... They, 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 they started the... Berserk Decision storyline first, I think, right? I believe so, yeah. And I think once that storyline started, I was like, okay, well, there's a good chance it's going to be Yamato now. Actually, I didn't think so, because I thought that Yamato was going to stay healed. Oh, I didn't. I actually thought from the start he was going to turn. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, when he was announced for a Cruiserweight Classic, it's pretty obvious that he's going to be one of the guys that signs. Probably. Fuck Triple H. I don't want to talk about it. I and him. I especially don't want to talk about the fact that we're going to get a fucking graduation. Sorry. I would like to. I would like to slap him in the face. Oh, I would. Um, somebody yesterday was talking about um, Flamita maybe staying in Dragon Gate only until he signs with WWE. And I was like, if Triple H lays his hand on Flamita, I'm going to eat him, Shima <laughs> style. <laughs> I am so tired of Triple H taking everybody I love away from me. He's tearing yeah. my family apart. <laughs> Screw Triple H. Honestly, I agree. Fuck that. And when I was a kid, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. But I mean, 
Fuck him right he's now. Like, he's everything I hate about, like, not even wrestling, but, like, capitalism. Because <laughs> he just yeah. throws money around and buys guys and then, like, leaves them rotting into developmental hell when they're obviously ready to be making, like... Which, by the way, I, I can't even express how happy I was, like, a week or so ago when everybody started dragging NXT. I'm like, fucking finally. It finally we happened. all get yeah. the all get the gods off of our faces, the, the haze we've been in. Honestly, NXT is not good. I don't Takeovers even, are good. Like, but NXT, the weekly show, is not good. You know if what? you want to watch a bunch of fucking squash matches, go. you can go watch Crockett from 1985. Honestly, like, I haven't, I, I think I haven't watched a single full WWE show, whether it be NXT, a TakeOver, Raw, SmackDown, or a pay-per-view, or anything like that, in maybe six months. Yeah, same for me actually. I think. But I don't think the Triple H. I don't. I don't think NXT was good even when I stopped watching. The last full WWE show I watched was probably Royal Rumble. I think. I think the last full. I think I'm actually maybe bullshitting you on this one because I think the last full um, WWE show that I watched was the the Takeover where Asuka won the title. Okay. Yeah, that was when I was in Japan. So and I that was. An, I think that was. Well, that was a takeover when Shinsuke debuted, and I actually watched yeah. it for that. So I saw, I, I watched, I watched like, I watched the Nakamura match and I watched the Oscar match, but I didn't watch the rest of the show. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually watched the entire show because I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan actually of American Alpha, and I think yeah. they're way too good for the spot that they're being put in right now with losing the titles back to fucking Dumb and Dumber or Twiddle D and Twiddle Dumb, however you want to see it. But, yeah, no, NXT was already not good when I stopped watching, and apparently it's not good now. And to think that amazing guys like Tozawa are probably going to sign and end up in that hellhole is honestly depressing. Yeah, so NXT is bad. I'm glad we And all... Triple H is worse. Yeah. Case has been quiet during this, I noticed. But... It's just, I, I know Tozawa's going to go. Case is friends with all of these guys from this fucking stupid all-hell movement. No, I okay. no, I I don't I don't hate most of them, but I'm I'm certainly like like friends, so friends with them. Like I I love like Dylan Hales. I I love him, and like sure he does the all hail thing, but like it's I I know Tozawa's gonna go, and it's gonna break my heart. Um, and it's just it's gonna suck because I really want him to be in Japan, but he is gonna be in Florida for a long time. Yeah. Fuck Florida. Okay. I've been there. It sucks. There's yeah, not a fan. <laughs> Florida is like... Uh, I, I don't know how to describe Florida, except it's hillbilly and at the same time not hillbilly, and it's really weird. Like, all the buildings look too new. <laughs> like, all the buildings just look so new. It's like, we, we just keep expanding the, the fucking American empire or something. I don't know. I'm rambling. But, yeah, no, this... It it, it it makes me it makes me angry. It kind of just breaks my heart because guys are so misused there. Like even Nakamura, everybody's like, oh, they're keeping Nakamura like uh, strong and like the sensation or everything. But he's not had any like really relevant matches since the Sami Zayn match. Yeah. So yeah, no, NXT is a train wreck, and it breaks my heart to think that. NXT does a great job at keeping guys, like, in a fucking bubble and keeping them away from everything and, keep, and having you forget they exist, basically. Yeah. Mm-mm. And it, and yeah. it think that it exists in a vacuum just like, just like the rest of 
WWE in general, which is the most fucking annoying thing in the world to me. But anyway, this is not open the NXT gates, so we're just going to stop right here. <laughs> I mean, if it was, it would be a pretty terrible show because we all seem to hate it. <laughs> Welcome to open the NXT uh, yeah. gates. Fuck NXT. Exactly. Open the fuck NXT gates. Just the anti-NXT, anti-WWE, anti-Triple H especially, because that guy can fucking suck my dick. Okay. All right. Well, I... <laughs> No, seriously, I, I don't even give a shit anymore who like knows that I fucking hate Triple H, and I hate that he treats the Indies and Japan as his fucking personal grocery store, if it's only to take guys and put them in an environment where they're not even thriving. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.